Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Living the dream once again here on a spectacular Saturday. It is Hartman and Papinga coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, Mexico leading 2-1. No, they won it. It's over. Yes, ya ganaron, mis amigos. Ya ganaron. Los mexicanos. Felicitaciones a mis amigos mexicanos. Están avanzando. That's what's happening there, Stevie. They won 2-1. It's one. happening. They take down South Korea. You know, I was thinking about if you were to do, you know, when you're doing baseball, okay, baseball's an announcer yeah. sport. And one of the things that every baseball announcer is looking for is that signature home run call, right? So let me give you that Uh like this. You go like this. Back, 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 back. It is (laughs) goal. There you go. I think that's, that's, that works. That's phenomenal. That was some f- phenomenal vocal exercises right there, showing your range, yeah, yeah. your endurance. Yes. That was impressive. But you, you know what's hilarious? Mm. Guess. I, somebody, somebody in the studio, I know people out there got Google. This is a no Google trivia question. Right. Speaking of the devil, can anybody tell me, how do you say 
home run in Spanish. I'll give Ooh. you five seconds. Five. Don't four, look at me. Three. Anybody? Two. Anybody? Well, <laughs> look at the, everyone shaking their heads. No one seems to know. Okay. How do you say home well, run in Espanol? Bueller. You just said it. You just said it. But you, it's actually it's called home run. Home run. Home run. Home run. Home run. Home run. It's just the same. It's the same thing in English as in Spanish. You just add a little uh, Spanish accent to home run. By the way, is what I, it is. One, one of go. the stories this week that uh, caught a lot of traction was the Landon Donovan situation. You know, so he yeah. he gets paid by Wells Fargo uh, to basically hold up a banner saying I'm I'm behind Mexico, and you know, mm-hmm. former teammates of him on the national team were just ripping into him like, how dare you? I mean, this is like you They're know, uh, this is you know our our fierce rivals, and I had to laugh for a second because. I can guarantee you this. Mexico does not look at the United States as their <laughs> rival in soccer. They have their uh, sights set no. on like the Argentinas and the Brazils, you know, the yes. uh, the world powers. The Germanys. Yeah, well, Latin yes. American world powers, you know, South American world sure. powers are the, the Mexican rivals. I'm sure this was news to Mexico. The U.S. thinks that we're somehow what? rivals. What rival? Are you kidding me? I'm with you. I mean, I saw I mean, that. It was just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, is and, and the thing that really ticked me off about it wasn't the fact that his teammates were telling him, oh, you shouldn't cheer for Mexico. It was the fact that they said, what gives him the right to give an opinion? Now, you and you and I, Steve, are in the business of opinions. Yes. And isn't that just as, I mean, come on, you can go to a yeah, dictatorship or some you know communist country, they're going to tell you whether or not you can give your opinion. But to me, that, that took it to a whole nother level. Like, you know what? This isn't about your, what your opinion is. This is about that you shouldn't have an opinion. And this guy thinks he's entitled to one. And I'm like, wait a second here. Here we are in this big overall discussion of politics and what the flag represents, the national anthem, the whole country, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. And all of a sudden, some guy's telling his buddy that he needs to keep his mouth quiet because he should never have an opinion. I mean, that was as un-American as it gets. That was the irony behind it. You know, you got a guy trying to tell him, be more Americanized, but he's trying to take away his very American freedom. And Mexico has him, and so does all the free world, of having your own opinion. That was why I was like, dude, this guy's out of the... I mean, it, it, to me, it, it shows one major kind of... Well, but know, also... Thing but that's also. Going, well, listen to this, Steve. It shows one thing. It shows that the soccer guys, <clears throat> this is the only time, unfortunately, that most of them, uh, there's others that are an exception. They're always in the news. The Beckhams, they're mostly the famous guys of, yeah. the, of the world outside of the U.S. Donovan's probably one of them, too, just because he's he's a bigger name than just a U.S. soccer guy. It goes right. beyond the borders. But the other guys, and that's why I said initially when you brought this topic up, are jealous because they're never in the conversation. And now they are, and the only thing they can say is, well, this guy, he can't say that. And all of a sudden, he thinks he's entitled to his own opinion. He's like, yeah, we're all entitled to our own opinion. Well, it, but the thing about it is, as far as these guys on the national team, I'm sure they're thinking – Hey, look, you know, we're, we're down at Azteca Stadium. They got 100,000 fans out there. They're yeah. verbally abusing us. We know Mexican fans okay. get a lot of heat because wow. of a certain anti-gay slur that they continue to sound off on, even though they insist they're not doing anything derogatory. The rest of the world thinks they are. In fact, they were admonished <laughs> okay. after the Germany match yeah. uh, by FIFA for those chants. But, uh, you know, so when you're when you're down there as a member of the U.S. national team and you're playing in Mexico and you're hearing all this stuff and they're verbally abusing you, I would imagine then if one of your teammates is suddenly saying, hey, let's root for Mexico, maybe you get a little bent out of uh, sorts. But at the same time, oh this is, this is I mean, suckers. I think Landon Donovan said, well, I tell you what, you know how to silence the situation? The reason I'm rooting for Mexico because you guys didn't qualify for the World Cup. 
<laughs> I mean, if the U.S. I mean, boom! I'm, I you guys That's blew it for the first right time there. since 1986. The United States is not represented in the World Cup. Look at personally, I'm rooting hard for Mexico right now. I think I it's do. a phenomenal. I got a lot of Mexican friends. I am rooting yeah. hard. This would be an unbelievable story if Mexico can have a real deep run. Uh, in this World Cup. All right, so the two uh, finals well, today. Before you yeah. move on, Steve, before you yes. move on, I'm going to tell you, having been in El Estadio Azteca, yes. having been to a number of football, yes. like legitimate kind of soccer games in South America and Uruguay especially, the how would I say this? The standard of behavior in a stadium is completely different than the U.S. Yes. And so you can so point it, and you can see it by these soccer fans that there's a whole other set of rules and laws of the in the stadium. I mean, it, to me, when I was in Uruguay, for example, it was my first exposure to legitimate kind of world football, soccer. And, I mean, they were saying things that, like with their kids, that were like, I mean, beyond inappropriate. I mean, beyond just yes. like, whoa, oh, yeah. that's not co-. And I'm like, was this? It? And so point is, is like, I can see where those guys get offended, but that's how it is. It doesn't matter who they're playing. And another thing, when I was there with the Monday night game between the Texans and the Raiders, I mean, there's there's people in the fans like shooting Brock Osweiler with a laser as he's trying to pass the ball that. down the field. I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and La Policia Federal, they try, they try to find the guy or girl, whoever it was. They could never find him. It was mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. And you got the, like, the, you know, it's like our, our version of like the SWAT team looking for, you know, somebody with a laser in the stands. They can't find him. So it's a whole world that's not understandable in our context because they're really, it's not personal, is my point. And the fact that these guys take it personal and they're like, we can't cheer for our neighbors because they treat it as poorly, which they do to everybody. Oh, I mean, come on! How petty can you be? Well, so, exactly. I'm with you. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, I, they're, I thought it was outrageous. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say maybe the only question I have for Landon Donovan. Uh, first of all, he has this connection with this soccer city thing that's circling the drain down in San Diego, and now he aligns himself <laughs> with Wells Fargo. Not exactly, you uh-huh. know, the most popular people these days. Uh, is they're trying well, to reboot their operations? Yes. So uh, that yep. would be my only question. But as far as criticism for supporting Mexico, again, his retort is: I wouldn't have to support them if. You guys had actually qualified yes. for the World Cup. So uh, one match uh, later today, Germany-Sweden. That's going to be an excellent match. Obviously, Germany trying to rebound after their loss to Mexico. This is the defending World Cup champions. And by, by the way, speaking of, how about Argentina? I mean, Argentina was sitting oh, there geez. in the World Cup final four years ago. I mean, they get blown out in their last game, and a lot of people are obviously looking at Messi right now, but they weren't paying attention because Argentina was struggling themselves just to qualify for the World Cup here uh, in 2018. So they they were struggling going into the World Cup, but Messi is finding out uh, what LeBron James finds out. I mean, your team loses, and there's all the other guys that are not performing, but you're the guy, you're the face, and you're going to get 100% of the blame. Uh, and this is a messy. Remember that was going to said. Yeah. Remember after they lost, he's going to retire. Yeah. He, he was going to retire from international. He was I so heartbroken have. when they lost the World yeah. Cup final in 2014. He decided to come back, and it's been a disaster. An absolute yeah. disaster. Oh yeah, and he personally was a disaster. If you caught the game, yeah. he when they were when the game was out of question, three nothing. I mean, or or two nothing. I don't remember yeah. the exact point of the game. He was, a, I mean, he was sort of just tanking it. You know, yep. he was done. He was checked out, which if you're the best player in the world or arguably one of the best players of anything or the best at anything, that's inexcusable. You go to the very end, you finish it out, uh, you send a message, you know, to your teammates that, look, man, I came out and I, I paid the price. You know, unfortunately, we don't have enough help, which Argentina right now does not. 
And uh, to me, that was probably the most disappointing thing of Argentina outside of their team performance was that Messi didn't look like one of the best in the world based off of pure effort, which is a choice thing. It's not like, you know, he, he was outmatched or he just didn't have the abilities, which we all know he has as much ability as anybody. And that, to me, was by far the most disappointing. Another note on the Mexican deal with Germany. If Germany either draws or loses, Mexico immediately advances yes. to the next round. So this is a huge game, you know, Germany and Sweden for our Mexican compadres. Absolutely. So congratulations. Yeah, Mexico yeah. with a 2-1 uh, win over South Korea today. Uh, they are 2-0 and so far in this World Cup. And as you say, depending on what happens on the Germany-Sweden match, Mexico could automatically qualify for the round of 16. All right, we talked a little bit there about Mexico Messi and how he has uh, maybe tanked uh, his efforts out there. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We're going to talk about an NBA superstar that may also be thinking about tanking in the upcoming season. Mm. Coming up next. Steve Harbin, Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga here on the vast Fox Sports Radio Network. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com. 15 minutes ago, the NBA draft is in the rearview mirror right now. We'll get a little bit more into that uh, later on, uh, Brady. Uh, But now Mm -hmm. all sites are set on what is going to happen next. July 1st, of course, is uh, the big date uh, when all the free agents will go out on the market. And obviously the number one focus is LeBron James. But Mm -hmm. there is the question about Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and yes. here is the latest on Kawhi Leonard. Uh, one thing that is infinitely apparent is that the Spurs have not given up on the notion that Kawhi Leonard will remain a San Antonio Spur. In fact, the Lakers have acknowledged the fact that they did reach out to just maybe get a preliminary idea about the availability of Kawhi Leonard, and the Spurs hung up on him. So there, and and <laughs> the, the and the and, and some people said. <laughs> Do you honestly believe that Greg Popovich, as the final legacy on his Hall of Fame coaching career, is going to be known for rebuilding the Lakers uh, or helping them create a superpower? That is not happening. But it doesn't mean it won't happen. But let's let's get up to date right now as far as the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. So you have to Mm -hmm. understand this, Brady. He has one year remaining on his contract, which means he has – he has very few options right now. If the Spurs want him to remain a Spur, he is going to be a Spur this season. Now the question mm-hmm. is, does he then say, you know what, fine, you don't want to trade me, I'm just going to sort of sit this one out and then I'll walk away in free agency. But do you think, I'm sure the Spurs are willing to call him on that bluff after missing all but nine games this past season. Do you think that Kawhi Leonard could still maintain his max value if he were to choose to essentially either sit out the season or, let's say, give it less than maximum effort for a franchise that he thinks turned their back on him? Yeah. Oh, there's, I mean, look, a couple things going on here. First, I mean, he could get seriously injured like Paul George did, break his leg or Gordon Hayward come back and still have max value because of the potential there and you know you can recover from those injuries in the in the case that he goes out and let's say is because he's not going to go out and just sandbag and not play hard that's not going to happen he's going to play hard the real question is is what happens when all of a sudden Popovich is ripping on him trying to send everybody a message and he pops he talks right back says shut up hey don't I heard I've heard players say this get my name out of your mouth 
Get my name out of your mouth. Charles Woodson said of our defense court in 2006. Get my name out of your mouth. Don't talk to me that way. All of a sudden, Popovich and his empire kind of rule over his team to where anything he says goes, now all of a sudden gets put in question because your main guys talk about the culture. Now starts to actually have to shift, whether for the positive or the negative, depending on how Popovich handles it and the Spurs handle it. And that's where I'm seeing something. I saw it last year with Aldridge. I'm seeing it right now. What's happening is, is the Spurs are trying to buy time. Because what they want to do is they are in the mood of adapting. This is what Popovich is doing. That's why he flew out to see Kawhi. That's why he's trying to create these open lines of communication. Because he wants the feedback to know, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to preserve our team and our culture? Because what's what worked in the past is not a guarantee that's going to you know be the be the model that's going to continue to work in the present into the future. So what I see happening, it, people think it's the Spurs that are imposing their will. This isn't the, the Spurs imposing their will right now. It's Kawhi. Kawhi is going to force the Spurs to have to evolve and create a different culture, not one that's far off from their already foundational culture that's led to championships, but one that's evolved to where it's a different kind of interaction between the players and the coaches, something that's a little bit more even, evenly yoked, if you guys know what I mean, a yoke with the two oxen, where both are pulling the same direction instead of kind of a dictatorship, which it seemed from the outside looking in was the case with Popovich. So this is, to me, more of Kawhi saying, look, you got to change the culture and the Spurs responding and, and looking at how they're going to be able to do that to keep Kawhi there and keep him happy. Because if you don't keep him happy, all of a sudden everything's going to crumble. Well, there, there are different levels on this, though. I mean, again, so if you look at the trajectory of Kawhi's career with the San Antonio Spurs, everything was up, up, up. Amazing. I mean, from his mm-hmm. rookie year when he averaged 7.9 points, 11-9, 12-8, I mean, two years ago, he is without question one of the top five players in the NBA, yeah. maybe top three players in the NBA. Now, last year, even though he only played nine games, his numbers were considerably down. Now, this obviously had to do with his quad injury. But if you yeah. are looking at uh, if any team out there and you're looking to make some blockbuster trade <laughs> to get Kawhi Leonard, the first thing I need to know is, are you are you healthy? I mean, no, I mean, healthy. I mean, are you a hundred percent? I need to see it. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, I he's, I, he's healthy. He's he's I, been healthy this whole time. The thing is, is this isn't about health, Steve. This isn't about toughness. I, I I've heard Bruce Bowen go out and blast him about being tough. You're getting paid 18 million. You got to go out and grow. No, no. All right, but if Kawhi this Leonard is one of those that. guys that is now, you know, I you will play by my rules. Yes. Okay. Now let's let's go back That's to the Lakers situation. You're going to play by my rules. And the Lakers are like, wow, all right, we're already going after LeBron. We don't have to go by his rules. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, we're going to have to play by his rules. And then you have Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka telling everybody, no, no, no. You're going to play by our rules. This isn't about Kawhi wanting to have control of the situation. This is simply about Kawhi wanting the culture to be more like the Golden State Warriors. Every team, I mean, you look at it last year. Like the Golden State Warriors and not stay with the Golden State Warriors. Okay, no, I mean, teams are looking at the Golden State Warriors, and the players especially. Because what the Golden State, like, if you look at the history of the Golden State Warriors and the culture they have, which is a real kind of uh, free spirit, everybody's having fun, it's all about being joyful, and that's what drew Kevin Durant there, by the way. If you look at that, that was a, most people before that, 
looked at that kind of culture as, oh, those guys are just goof-offs. And it never led to anything. Like, I remember times when I'd play one-on-one basketball or, you know, pick up games and dudes would be goofing off. And you're like, dude, get the f*** out of here, man. You guys are ruining it. Because they literally were goofing off, you know? So it was this kind of mentality that there wasn't a place to goof off and yet still be serious enough to compete. But now all of a sudden, Golden State's created this balance to where they go out. And it's not that they're goofing off, but they're playing free. They're having fun. They joke around. I mean, I, like I said, I was there before the pre, pre-game, game six, elimination game at home. I mean, all the pressure's on the Golden State Warriors. And in pre-game, after the layup drill, we're goofing around with Steph Curry doing all these trick shots with every single one of the players at the half moon shape around them going, uh, you know, hanging on the, the edge of their seat to see if the trick shots would go in. And, and when one went in, they all cheered like they'd won the game. I'm like, wait, what is this? Is this like a pickup game? And what they've proven is you can win that way. And all these players, are looking at that going i want that now i don't want to go be a warrior but man i would like to enjoy my game enjoy my time instead of it being such a burden and i can guarantee you if you're with popovich it's a burden man to have to deal with his i mean think about well you're just comparing it like That's this is what new england says about with, belichick it yes. is a burden to play for correct. bill belichick it is it is absolutely so you correct the, the question is what is important to you but well, what's important to you of mind i mean is it about having fun or is it about winning championships they I mean, you could say you could do both because you were just you saying the point that Golden State. Do both. Okay, but again, a guy like Popovich at this point of his career, he's not going to change for anybody. It, it, he's just he's not. He already has. He changed for the Marcus Aldridge. The Marcus Aldridge went and had a heart to heart with Popovich, and Popovich said, "Yeah, I mishandled your situation." That's called change. Because Popovich, the pre-Popovich, would have told the Marcus, "You know what? Grow up, toughen up. I'm I'm the best here. I've won I don't know how many championships. What's my resume?" You're sitting there asking me about how I'm using you? Get out of here. That that would have been the old Popovich. But he's starting to realize, man, I'm losing guys. You know who else happened to? A guy that nobody – he's probably the best coach in the NBA that never won a championship, Jerry Sloan. It happened to him. He had a bunch of guys, young guys, Boozer is one of them, that they just couldn't take his old school mentality, and they're, they they butted heads. And in the midseason, Jerry Sloan says, I'm out of here. I'm done. You know what I mean? And, and that was his response to it. Popovich doesn't want to do that. Because he's smarter than that. And also, you know, I mean, Jerry Sloan was a little longer in the tooth. But point being is that you've got to evolve. I mean, guys are not the same, and it does. That kind of antics grows weary with some guys. And especially if you're all of a sudden seeing the one of the greatest team, arguably, in the history of the NBA winning championships, and they're having fun doing it. It's like, dude, we can do that too. Now, we don't have to be the Golden State Warriors, but you know what? We can create an atmosphere that's a little bit more light, a little more fun and enjoyable for everybody instead of it being so businesslike that it's really a burden to come to work because it's just you're doing your job. Now, the uh – the again the Kawhi Leonard camp and I say that because Kawhi is always Kawhi it we never actually hear from him uh, but That's the a idea good one there you got to get Michael Thompson Michael he, he Thompson needs to, like, that is trademark like, that trademark that the Kawhi it um, but exactly. here you know the thing about it is again he didn't specify the Lakers or at least his camp did and they just said he wants to be in L A he wants to be in San Diego but San Diego doesn't have a team. So always the next best thing. So, um, Yet. so Remember yeah, that. well, maybe down the road, but anyway, so yeah. the Clippers, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, let's say, and the Clippers would be challenged to put a package together because they don't have the flexibility they don't have that it. the Lakers, yeah. but let's say they actually did it. Here would be one big problem for the Clippers and a Kawhi Leonard, who obviously would be their face of their franchise is that he's a reluctant face. In other words, he's not a PR guy. You know, you can get away with that in San Antonio with the Tim Duncan. You don't have to be a PR guy. But in L.A., remember Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, they were everywhere. Commercials, national commercials, very mm-hmm. visible guys, right? 
That is not Kawhi yeah. Leonard. And part of my investment in a guy like Kawhi Leonard is, you're the face of the franchise. This is the L.A. market. I need you out there. Kawhi's like, that's not me, man. Mm-hmm. I just play basketball. And I don't think you would actually get return on the dollar. You might on the court. But, I mean, this almost gets back to, like, the Angels and and Mike Trout. You know, $35 million a year Mike Trout's making, and he's living up to it on the field. But are they getting any PR bounce out of it? Not really, because Mike Trout's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm, I'm a baseball player. I don't need to do all that other stuff, you know? Um, and, Let me and, ask you this, though, Steve. Yeah. Why, why couldn't the Lakers, on another kind of, t- why couldn't the Lakers, instead of directly dealing with San Antonio, why can't they deal with somebody else that would create a package that could be a, somewhat appealing to the Spurs. So, like, you know, you, you bring in more teams to, the, right, well, to let, the party. All right, so hold on to that thought. trade instead of it just being a direct one. All right, we got so many different angles we got to get into uh, because things are going to be happening quickly mm-hmm. around the NBA. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We also have had to get into the Jameis Winston situation. Alex Marvez is going to touch on that, but let's check in right now with David Gascon. David, of course, uh, ready with the – I mean, do you have a good goal – uh, call as a play-by-play guy? Uh, yeah, for hockey, but uh, for the sake of uh, not blowing out our technical director's wow. ears, I'll, I'll stay away from that. Wow. So, it's powerful. Well, I just... Uh, so it's like a big bullhorn? Is that what you're saying? Almost. Just I mean, it's not like... Um, I don't know. What do we say? Like, that's that's pretty loud, <laughs> National Predators. It's not that loud, but... Beautiful. But, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was impressed earlier with uh, with Brady's goal call, so... Uh, do you do that during uh, during the NFL? That wasn't me. Was that wasn't you? me. That was Stevie. Oh, no, 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 no. I was I was giving it the home run call. In other words, back, 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 Oh, that's back. right. That's right. It is right. go. <laughs> Stevie, you, you go. need to go on the uh, America's yeah. Got Talent with that yeah, voice. Yeah. That could, was phenomenal. You could do that when Bartolo Colon hits home runs off Padre pitching. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bartolo Colon. <laughs> yes. Guys, we'll start things off with the FIFA World Cup. Two matches are already in the books. One of them is going to be played in about 10 minutes from now. That's Germany. Germany and Sweden on Fox, 2 o'clock Eastern, will be kickoff. But earlier on today... Big opportunity after the transition. On the right is Mela. On the left is Chicharito. Got in with a run! Number 50! Number 50! Can you say numero 50? No! <laughs> See, I love it. Mm. I like when you go up a little bit there. You got to change the trajectory. That's right? when you're putting it into like exactly. fifth yeah. or sixth gear. But oh, wow. Yeah, Mexico like squeaks by South Korea two to one. Belgium fired 23 shots and kept the pressure on all day, skunking Tunisia five to two. Meanwhile, in Major League Baseball, Dodgers Clayton Kershaw is returning from the DL after three weeks off with a bad back, but today. He'll make his return on the bump. LA will take on the New York Mets. New York has lost four straight games and first pitch is at 7.15 Eastern. And guess what? It is on Fox today. And speaking of Major League Baseball, guys, and Steve, I don't know if you're a big home run derby type of guy, but Bryce Harper is hitting a lowly uh, 213 this (laughs) season, has 19 home runs, but he did say just the other day that he will participate in the home run derby, obviously, it's being held at Nationals Ballpark. Yeah, uh, well, it can't hurt his swing right now with that two thirteen <laughs> batting average. Remember, he's trying to get a four hundred million dollar contract. Uh, I'm Someone's gonna, I'm gonna just pay gonna, him. I don't have to look this up. 
No one who's ever come off a 213 season has been awarded a $400 million contract. Not Adam Dunn? <laughs> Not anybody. Uh, David Gascon, thank you so much. Hey, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Join us right now. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. Sirius XM NFL Radio's Alex Marvez. And, uh, Alex, I want to start with the Jameis Winston situation. I saw a uh, columnist named Tom Jones, not that Tom Jones, a uh, failed talk show host, uh, a big Florida Gator honk, uh, eviscerate Jameis Winston saying that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should dump this guy immediately uh, because of a continuing pattern of immaturity. But let's set the record straight, or maybe I'm wrong. The incident with the Uber driver happened almost two and a half years ago, and from what I gather, I haven't heard any other noise involving Jameis Winston since then. So this guy got eviscerated by Tampa Bay Bucks fans. What do you think the stance is right now from the organization? Do they have any concerns about Jameis Winston moving forward? Well, you know, Jameis, it's different now, two years later, and I will say this, and look, I can't account for what what he allegedly did. I can't account for what he does in the future. I can just tell you from speaking to him about two weeks ago in a radio appearance that, you know, he's about to become a dad or he might be a father as of right now, and this was something that he just couldn't stop talking about. You know, when it would like, you could just hear his voice, you know, change and, and the excitement and the enthusiasm when he's discussing, you know, being a father. And is that something that could potentially change him uh, in his life and make sure that something like this doesn't happen again? Has he already taken those steps to not surround himself uh, with people, such as, you know, hanging out with an ex rapist? You know, that's not too cool. And that was part of uh, what's come out in, in this investigation as well. So, you know, when, and I understand where Tom Jones is coming from because it was, he's going back in time, or if you remember Martin Fenley of the then Tampa Tribune, which no longer exists, wrote a column on draft night basically saying that this franchise essentially made a big mistake, you know, taking Jameis Winston and that Jameis is a liar and that, you know, you can, you know, you can try to believe him, but ultimately you're going to be going down the wrong path with this kid. And as of right now, the Buccaneers, they interviewed 75 different people before drafting Jameis Winston. And I'm not making up that number. They say that they interviewed 75 different people to try to determine what type of character he has, trying to make sure if they were going to make a draft day mistake. That includes the daughter of the owners, uh, you know, from the Glazer family. Uh, you know, she interviewed him firsthand. I mean, they tried to do everything they could to make sure that they weren't wasting a draft pick. And instead, right now, I can't say that it's a wasted pick, but not only has Jameis Winston embarrassed himself, embarrassed the Bucks, he's probably cost himself a lot of money, too, because why, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, did you try to extend his contract? And also, I mean, it seems that it's the media, maybe those on the outside that are more easily excitable in terms of criticizing him. Whereas his teammates seem to love him. I mean, isn't that really what it is uh, with him? Is that inside the locker room, he's he's one of the most popular guys and a leader and guys to look up to? He is. I mean, you know, listen, he's a little bit goofy. I mean, you know, but that's his leadership style, yeah. right? And, you know, I mean, but that's him. He's a really smart guy, too. I mean, that's the thing about it. I think sometimes he gets bored, to be honest. Have you been mm. around quarterbacks like that, Brady, where, where they're like almost, they, they're like so yes. sharp. And, and, you know, and so yeah, they do it's, things it's, a little bit outside Favre the was box, that guy. right? I'm sorry. Yeah, Brett Favre was like that. Brett Favre yeah. was that guy who was an absolute genius, and he needed other kind of stimuli to keep him awake, and so he would hunt and he would smack you on the butt and do all kinds of, you know, like you said, goofy antics to keep him sort of entertained because everything yeah. else was, you know, he got it down because he was he, he understood it at a whole other level. 
Yeah, and so this is this was Jameis. And look, the guy really does have an incredible work ethic. I mean, he is there every day, no joke, around 5.30 a.m. And he's lifting weights, and then he gets out there, and he throws, and he does all of this stuff. I mean, he sets an example for the rest of the team when it comes to that sort of stuff. But he's made a big mistake, and he's going to pay for it now. And, and you know, I want to see a little more detail that comes out as well, if indeed the NFL does release the letter advising Jameis Winston that he has been suspended for three games. And you also want to know why. Okay, why is this only a three-game suspension? Might it go down a two games? Was it already talked down from six to three? I mean, where do we come up with three? That's what I love about NFL rules. They're so arbitrary that, you know, you just don't know. I think sometimes it's like you spin the wheel. You know, it's like a wheel of fortune spin. And, you know, <laughs> if it ends up on three, right, okay, that's the yeah. number of games. We're going to spin it because, because where, where does it say three? We, we don't have three game suspensions in the NFL yet. That's the number that everyone is using to describe what's going to happen to Jameis. Alright, speaking of quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield is getting rave reviews Views for his face-to-face with Colin Coward. Colin was critical of his antics on the field, and everybody feels like Baker just punched Colin in the face, put him down. I mean, obviously Colin's going to have critics out there. He understands that. So they had a field day saying how Baker Mayfield owned him. Well, that's, that's one story. The one thing Baker Mayfield is not owning right now is that starting job in Cleveland where he seems to be light years behind Tyrod Taylor at this point. Uh, your comments on both instances? You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not a, a Colin Coward guy, so I don't, I don't listen. I don't really know his shtick uh, very much. So I, I do know that he's part of Fox Sports Radio. So I absolutely love Colin Coward, <laughs> and I should listen to it, like about five years worth of old podcasts. And I will yeah. be getting around to that at some point later in life. But you know, for Baker Mayfield, I think that yeah, it's great that he was able to debate you know Colin Coward, and I don't think Browns fans really care until he gets on the field, and that's really what has to happen here with him. And he's not ready. You know, the offense that he's learning from Todd Haley is far different than what he ran at Oklahoma. He's required to take snaps from under center. He's required to know verbiage. He's required to make reads that he didn't have to do before when you're only having to maybe look at one receiver being open because that's the way that the play is designed. I'm not saying that he can't do it, but I think that the, 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 um, the Browns understood this early on. That's why they tried to make the move to get Nick Foles. That's why they tried to get Ty- you know, that's why they did get Tyrod Taylor, and they were in the market for Alex Smith. They knew they probably needed a year developing Baker Mayfield before putting him out on the field. And that's what they're going to get right now with him. It's, it's just I, He is light years away from playing. And to be honest, even if Tyrod Taylor goes down, I'm not so sure that they're throwing Baker Mayfield into the fire. But I will say this, wow. whoever's a quarterback for this team, look at the supporting cast. Oh, my goodness. You're talking like Nick <laughs> Chubb, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde as your running backs, a, a very expensive offensive line. Yes, there's a question at left tackle, but, but you go the other way, you look at that interior line, and it's outstanding. And then, by the way, you look at the wide receivers, and, if, and Josh Gordon is absolutely ridiculous. If he, too, can stay on the field, combine that with Jarvis Landry, and you combine that with Corey Coleman, who's you know, it's should be able to come around in his third NFL season. And man, oh man, I mean, whoever's there, set up for some success. Now, don't you think, though, there's a huge disconnect there between the front office and the coaching staff since the owner did get involved and basically forced John Dorsey to keep Hugh Jackson, and then ah. Hugh Jackson brings in his guys? And well, no, he didn't. Like, right he didn't bring, Hugh didn't bring in his guys. Todd Haley was a guy that was brought in from the outside. I mean, the only guy that he got was the quarterback's coach, was, was what's his name, um, Zampezi, who got fired by the Bengals. And he brought him in, but he, you know, he's not, you know, Todd Haley was like an outside hire. And Hugh Jackson. But why aren't they the building an offense around Baker Mayfield, the number one guy? I mean, that's just, <laughs> to me, it's well, like they, you bring they in they a guy, you, draft, you give up. 
Well, you know, Tyrod I mean? Taylor, though, is similar in skill set, Brady, is what I'm trying to say. Like, they're, they're guys that are mobile. Yeah. They're not the tallest guys. You know, they're both about six foot one. It is that type of system. Baker just isn't ready. If you were making this draft pick to uh, thinking that, okay, we need to play this guy immediately, then maybe he's not your pick. Maybe you're going with Josh Rosen. Maybe you're going with Sam Darnold, guys who played in NFL-type systems. The Browns are looking a little bit more big picture. They don't think they're going to go from 0-16 to 16-0 and in one year. They're willing to give this a little bit of time and hope that Tyrod Taylor buys them that season before Baker Mayfield gets ready. All right, well, no one would dare sit down and challenge this man in a debate, Alex Marvez. Anything related <laughs> to the National Football League, no one would be bold enough to put themselves on the line and uh, sit across from this man right here. Alex, always great stuff in a very short amount of time. We'll check in with you again next week. Thanks so much. It sounds good. I just need Colin's paycheck. That, that's what I need. <laughs> if I got that, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Yeah, we could so all much. share in that check. It would be great for all of us. Thanks so much, Alex. That's uh, Alex Marvez there again. Follow him Thanks, on Twitter, Alex. at Alex Marvez. Oh, uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. The Alliance of American Football is now set. What does this mean for the future of professional football? In particular, how is the NFL going to use this vehicle? We got the latest coming up next. Steve Harbin, Super Bowl champion, Brady Papinga. Great news, quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I was hearing an interview uh, with Charlie Ebersol, our compatriots mm-hmm. Mark Willard and Rich Ormberger, had him on their weekly show. Uh, Charlie Ebersol is gotcha. the son of Dick Ebersol, of course, longtime television uh, executive. Uh, and Charlie has been a filmmaker and uh, has been involved in uh, his father's business for many, many years. And he decided, uh, after he directed that piece on the history of the XFL, you remember that, where they had Vince McMahon and Dick Ebersol get back together, and they mm-hmm. sort of it was a 30-on-30 piece, and, and Charlie actually directed it that he got that idea again about, hey, why not create a league? Now, remember, Vince McMahon had already announced that they were going to have a new XFL, which was going to start in 2020. So think about the Alliance of American Football, Brady. They announced Mm -hmm. on March 20th that they were going to have the Alliance (laughs) of American Football. Three months later, they have eight franchises set. And think about the coaches for this league. So it's all set. The last of franchise is San Antonio. So six of the eight coaches for this new league have been former NFL head coaches. Brad Childress, Mike Singletary, Steve Spurrier, Dennis Erickson, Mike Riley, and Mike Martz. All were head coaches in the NFL. The only two guys that weren't, Rick Neuheisel, who had a brief time as an assistant in the NFL, also was the head coach at three major universities, Colorado, Washington, UCLA, and then Tim Lewis, who, of course, coached in the NFL forever, uh, former defense coordinator for yeah. the Steelers and the okay. Giants. So this is a this is a quality roster of coaches yeah. for this new league that will start in February. And I was listening to Charlie Ebersol, and one of, one of the interesting aspects of what he was asked was, he was asked about the whole Colin Kaepernick uh, dynamic. And one thing he made mm-hmm. clear is this is not a gimmick league. In other words, we are going to take the best players available and build our league around that, which in in my ear sounds like the NFL is telling him, look, the future <laughs> of this league is really based on how valuable it is for the National Football League. 
if this is a tool that the NFL, remember they had NFL Europe for years, which was a developmental league, but that yeah. was in Europe. I mean, here you got Atlanta, Birmingham, Memphis, Orlando, Phoenix, Salt Lake, San Antonio, and San, Anto- and San Diego. If this league proves to be a valuable tool for the National Football League, then I got good news for people associated with the AAF. They're going to be around a long time. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, is what they're saying when they're saying this isn't a gimmick league is we're not going to bring a guy in just because he has a lot of attention. He's right. got to have talent to go with that. And then the other thing is, is he's got to have enough talent to where he doesn't become this distraction to the overall, you know, again, this talent and talent versus tolerance balancing act, which in a gimmick league, that doesn't matter. It's just, okay, I got to bring in somebody that's going to bring us a lot of attention and I don't care if he's good on the field. Right. It looks like to me that this league is saying, we care more about our on the field product, the cohesiveness of our locker rooms, of our teams, which again is going to be expressed on the on the field product, then we do about just getting eyes and ears here because we think the product in itself is going to drive the viewership, is going to drive the success of the league. And I, I'm with him 100%. It's the, if it's a football league, the football needs to be why people watch it. That exactly. was the problem with the XFL. And that's what Thank we learned. You. It's you know people don't go watch NFL games because of the cheerleaders. That's mm-hmm. icing on the cake. You don't go watch NFL games to hear who's announcing the game. That's icing on the cake. You don't go to the NFL games for any other thing other than watch your team play the very thing that you're going to watch, which is football. It's all about football. And once you base your league off of that and you base it off of people that have had success in building their brands as football people, when you talk about all those head coaches in that way through the NFL, which all those head coaches you mentioned have in the NFL and outside of the NFL, and Rick Neuheisel being one of them, that you can almost guarantee yourself that's going to be the foundation of the league and it's going to set them up for some sustainable success. It's not going to be a flash in the pan. So. To me, this isn't about really the NFL. It's just about them using the model of the NFL that just so happens to go in harmony with what the NFL does, and it will make them tremendous partners. I mean, you are going to see so many guys that were sort of thrown to the scrap pile that are going to go into this league, develop, have a light bulb turn on, I don't know, get an opportunity at a position that they probably should have played you know, years ago, which you know, I'll give you a quick example. We had a guy by the name of Atari Bigby who played in NFL Europe, First started in the NFL as a line, uh, no, as a cornerback. They cut him as the cornerback. He goes to the NFL Europe, and they're playing him in all these different positions: linebacker, cornerback, safety. I mean, it was just like this Rolodex every day. Where are we going to play Atari? Atari. He eventually settles in at safety. We bring him in on the Packers as a linebacker. Then eventually he says, no, 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 I would like to play safety. That's what I did in NFL Europe. He plays safety and ends up being one of the key contributors yep. to a number of our championship teams. And we're going to see guys like that. It's a beautiful thing. This league, you know, when you're bringing in guys like, you know, the the Moose, Daryl Johnson to be a general manager. I mean, it just it looks legit from the top to bottom. They're going to manage it correctly. And I'm excited for it. This well, is really good for football in general. Yeah. And just a couple of quick uh, rules. Again, there will be no television timeouts. That's right. 60 percent fewer That's commercials, great. real time game That's length, about 30 minutes less than the NFL. Two-point conversions, no kickbacks or points, no kickoffs. Play clock will only be 30 seconds, 10 seconds shorter in the NFL. The idea is you're in and out quick. So it's going to be interesting again. I think they're doing a lot of things right. Again, the uh, AAF will uh, uh, kick off on February 9th, uh, right after the Super Bowl. But there's no kickoff. No kickoff. No kickoff. How's uh, it going to kick off if there's no kickoff? Well, uh, you're right. 
They will. <laughs> they will you. start. How's that? They will You're start. right. You're right. I, we're so used to they using snap that. Snap the ball. Yeah. Uh, so they will. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering about an onside kick, no. If you want to do an onside kick, you take the ball in your 35. If you can get 10 yards on one play, you keep the ball. That's how they're going to do that. Oh, that is All awesome. Right. This is so fun. We are in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. LeBron James is front and center. Where will he go? Rolling on a Saturday here on the vast Fox Sports Radio Network. It is Hartman and Papinga coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, we got some things happening on the front of uh, LeBron James and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. We're going to get to all that, but we circle back to the Alliance of American Football because, yes, Brady Papinga is now getting very excited about the new professional league which will officially oh, yeah. launch on February 9, 2019. Can't so um, right before the break, I, I was just running down. I, maybe we could break these down a little bit uh, slower, okay? Again, okay. some okay. of the rules of this Alliance of American Football, because as I say, th- 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 this league serves two purposes for the National Football League. One, obviously, is an opportunity to look at talent and whether or not uh, somebody might have flown under the radar and may have a future in the National Football League. But it's also a place to sort of test out rules, okay? Yes. This is why the AAF has a lot of value as well. Uh, Let's start with the 50-man rosters. Again, the good good thing about these rosters, and this has no effect on the NFL, is the fact that there will be a lot of territorial picks, which makes all the sense in the world. So, for instance, the San Diego franchise will take, you know, USC, UCLA, San Diego State. They're going to be looking for some, you know, names that are familiar Territorial, sure. so, Southern Cali, right? Yeah. So that that is unique to the league, m- makes a lot of sense. Now the telecast, as we mentioned, no television timeouts. That's sixty percent fewer commercials. League is aiming for an approximate game time length of one hundred and fifty minutes. The NFL is about one hundred and eighty minutes. Now they're not going to give up commercials in the NFL, but you know you want to tighten it up a little bit somehow. Yeah, but that's some what I was way. wondering though. Do you uh, is that a function of the fact they just don't have a lot of sponsors, or is that a model they're trying to? No, that's a model. That, look, they, there's way to incorporate commercials money, right? while yeah. the game is going. Okay, like how? Uh, like in well, between, I, I, like, a, I don't, like a timeout or something. I mean, again, what are they thinking? no television timeouts. So I don't know. Okay. We're going to have to watch this now. That's not going to happen in the NFL, but maybe yeah, there's a, a way to bring commercials in without, you know, breaking away from the action. That's that's one thing. All right. Sure. Uh, okay. Two-point conversions. There are no kicked extra points. None. I love Zero. That. All right? So after every touchdown, two-point conversion all the time. Now, this is something that, you know, some people have hinted about doing away with the extra point. Now, the extra point's not an automatic anymore. As we've seen, they moved no. it back. I mean, we've had a lot of missed extra points over the last couple of years so I think that has worked for the NFL. I, I don't know about doing away with the extra point. I like what the NFL did with the extra point, moving it back yeah, from the 20 to the 33-yard line. Because then you're basically doing away with the kickers. And right. there's no way that's going to happen. Like, maybe in 50 years, that's a possibility. Anything's possible in 50. I mean, heck, we can well, do it Well, how do you do it with kickers years. and still call it football? <laughs> you got to change the name. <laughs> yeah, you know what right? I mean? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's called the gridiron. Uh, that's what you got to call it is the gridiron. Grid that's iron. all we need is all right. the gridiron. All right, let's get back to the on. kickoff rule. All right, so no yes. kickoffs. So all possessions that will begin on awesome. the 25-yard uh, line, which is the same as touchbacks in the NFL and NCAA. Now, if you want to go for an onside kick, okay, since there are no uh-huh. kickoffs, a team will be given the ball on their own 35-yard line. 
and you have one play to get at least 10 yards. If you don't get the 10 yards, the other team takes over wherever you were stopped short. But if you do get the 10 yards, you keep the ball. See how that works? Well, you know what's fast? Yeah, but you know what's fascinating about this is – I believe you're like you. You got a lot of conspiracy theories out there, Stevie, and yeah. you know oh, the NFL's in on this, that, and the other. But I have to imagine that there has been conversations between the AAF and the NFL, and one has been let's start to eliminate the kickoffs, the kicking game, the special teams being this predominant, uh, you know, part of a team. Because if that wasn't the case, I guarantee you they would still have kickoffs. They would have because that's that's where all these developmental guys would start out anyway. If they went to the NFL, is they'd be special teamers, right? Well, they're already very well saying we're not focusing on that. We're focusing on the development of their skills as offensive and defensive skilled position players, and we are going to highlight that so much so we're eliminating kickoff and extra point. That tells me the NFL is going to go in that. Now, like I said, I don't believe they'll go so drastic where they're going to eliminate the position of the kicker. I believe the extra points, like you said, there still needs to be some kicking. But the kickoff, I guarantee it. Mark Murphy said this. He's the CEO of the Green Bay Packers. A number of, Bill Belichick, I think, has come out and said this. The kickoff eventually will go extinct. It is go. This may be the year that with all these like little rule changes they have and stuff, they're gonna they're still gonna see that there's gonna be big collisions. That guys running down the field, even though they're closer together, you know, 40, 50 yard sprints are still going to be in position to hurt each other because the force is generated with that kind of you know build up of speed are just too great. The ligaments, the bones, the brain just can't take that kind of impact consistently. And to me, it's got to be limited. And, and the reason why, look, and people gotta understand. I made my name as an NFL player as initially anyway a special teams guy. Hammerhead. When I showed up to the pack, yeah. When I showed up to the Packers, this the scheme was so far away. I mean, talking about like a guy who who was drafted into a scheme that did not fit his skill sets that he showed in college. I was that guy. And when I showed up, Jim Bates was like, I don't want, you know, he was the D coordinator. He's like, I don't want this guy. What am I supposed to do with him? He's a a tweener. I need a guy who's like a safety. I don't need this guy. So in the meantime, when I was trying to learn this scheme that was, again, so far away from what I was really meant to do, I was, this is your, my ticket was kickoff. My ticket was punt team, special teams. And I was dominant. I mean, I was arguably, you know, in the conversation as one of the best, I was for surely all rookie team as a special team, but even in the all pro, I mean, I was considered one of the best cut kickoff cover guys in the league and I hated it. I hated it because I got so many concussions. I ended up blowing my ACL on it. And I mean, it was a disaster and it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, why are we doing this again? Oh, it's okay. It's because it's something that's always been right, done, which exactly. is never a good excuse for anything. And so again, it's not somebody that's trying to demonize the game. You come from somebody who lived it. The kickoff is the most unnecessary element of the game. And I'm so pumped because this league is going to show that, Steve. It's going to show there's still excitement in exchanging possessions because you still have that element. I mean, if I'm a team and I have an offense that's rolling, oh, I'm going to trot them out there on my own 35, and I'm going to force the defense to get up and have to stop us in a critical situation. That's fun stuff. It's exciting. I mean, I am so pumped about this because this is a this is literally a glimpse into the future what I do believe the NFL will be, and there will be no kickoffs. All right, so which will be a huge step forward. Well, like we say, this we're talking about the Alliance of American Football, and it's a, it's a it's a tester for rules. Now I got two more for yeah. you. Both okay. of them are the idea is to shorten the length of the game. So the NFL sure. will be looking at this. One play clock play clock will be thirty seconds, not forty. 
So they're going to see can like can that. they legitimately get the plays off under in a thirty. You realize how much time you're oh, saving yeah. over the course of a game if you shorten the clock, oh, even if lot. you go to thirty five seconds. seconds. So if you go from you know you know so thirty second clock, and then the other thing, how about this? You ready for this? Sure. Two coaches challenges per team are the only replays in the game. So the huh, only replays like in the game will be two coaches' challenges per team. Yeah, I don't like that. What needs to happen is is they need to assign, and, and, and Mike Pereira said this, and this yeah. is where the NFL needs to go. They need to do every game. They need to assign somebody that is, you are the replay official. Mm-hmm. You can you could be either remote or you could be at the game, and all your job is to do is you replay every single play. And if there's something now, it's got to be huge. You know, you can't go and ticky-tack hold here or pass interference there, or, you know, that kind of crap. But I'm talking stuff like, here's the guy, did he get two feet in bounds? You know what I mean? Or was that a catch through the whole process of the catch as we understand it to be? Uh, what are other some, you know, did the ball get across the goal line? Those things, you know how quickly you can immediately go right to that point in that play and look at it and say, oh, wow, this is too close. Stop. Okay, let me look at it again. And you tell the guys to stop. And they can go and you know sit over the ball. And the guy there can make the choice in a matter of seconds and just call down to the main official and say, actually, the ball needs to be moved forward. It is a first down. Oh, nope, the two feet were down. It is a catch. And immediately the ref corrects it. There's no big, you know, okay, let's all stop, bring out the iPad or the tablet, whatever it is. Let's look this over. No, you don't need that circus. All you need is for that replay official whose dedicated job is to simply peruse through all the plays that are big, impactful plays like I was talking about and stop the game and tell them, nope, you got to move the fall forward or that was a catch, go. And they just go from there and they let the replay official do all of the groundwork while the kind of action is going on. And that's where this needs to go. And I don't know why they don't do that because this is the perfect league for that to happen. Okay, a couple other things about the Alliance of American Football. Also, as far as the league itself, it's one entity. In other words, the teams are all under the umbrella of the AAF. So the investors are are really, they have an investment in all eight franchises. Now listen to this. The league is planning player bonuses and scholarships. So player bonuses Hmm. will be based on performance and fan interaction. And get this. Players earn a year's scholarship in post-secondary education for every season they play. Oh, that's huge. And then, as far as the fans are concerned, they will have Fantasy League built into mobile broadcast. Ticket prices are low, 35 bucks, and inexpensive food is planned as well. So they recognize this this is not the NFL. You're not going to see that level of play but we're going to make it fan-friendly. And the idea that players earn a year's scholarship and post-secondary education for each season of play. So, in Huge. other words, if their football careers never get to that next level, at least they're getting something that they can use to help them for the rest of their life. No I, question, I, like and I love tremendous. how it's Yeah, and I love how it's on a sliding scale, too. You know, when he means fan interactions, what he basically means, are you doing enough in your community? Thank you. Whether it's promoting, service, whatever it is, to bring enough of attention to your team to bring the fans to the game. There you go. To get them to invest in you. And if if you're doing that and Mm -hmm. they're coming... You're going to get compensated for that, which that's really what it comes down to. And so, I mean, that's that's huge because it's going to only incentivize these guys to interact with their fan base. Yep. And like you said, since you already have built-in guys from each region, that shouldn't be very hard to do as they already should be pretty famous within those regions. 
And so, I mean, that's great. I mean, this is this is a league that it, there's going to be a lot of components of this league that the NFL is going to take on. Not sure. only the players, but yep. there's going to be the rules, like you said. But there's also this element. I mean, in the NFL, I don't know why they don't have this either. Have a whole other kind of revenue stream to where you're incentivizing each team to basically – because it's like – what it's like is it's like the, the, the conduct policy – but instead of being a negative, it's actually a positive. And what they're saying is interact, become appealing enough to your fan base through your off the field content, conduct that they'll come and participate even more and then you'll be compensated for it. So you're basically what you're doing is you're paying these guys bonuses for behaving well off the field. I mean, it's a genius. Think about it. It's not some rule that they're putting in place. It's an incentive for guys to make money off of good behavior. And by the it. way, one Fantastic. final note, Jar- Charlie Ebersol uh, also recognized this. 80 million people, at least 80 million people that watch the Super Bowl. Remember, the Super Bowl gets an audience yeah. of well over 100 million. But 80 million people that watch the Super Bowl will not watch another second of any sport until the next NFL season begins. That's what they so the records say. So what they say, all cool. we need is just a little fraction of those 80 million people that will not watch any sports until the next football season starts. That's all we you need. You got to understand, though. Oh, wait, you mean any sports? Any like, sports. Like, they say 80 million people who watch the Super Bowl you yeah. know, because the Super Bowl has such a huge. Now, a lot of those people don't watch any sports. We get that. Okay, There's well, a lot of people who watch fans. the Super Bowl only watch the Super Bowl because it's it's a major event. But that's what they're looking yeah, at. Yeah, that's Eight, what I'm saying. So, of 80 million, 80 million people okay. that are watching the Super Bowl will not watch any other sporting event, most of them hmm. until the next NFL season. So. Um, that's what they're looking at. I think there's an audience. It's amazing, by the way, all this done in three months. Three yeah. months from well, like it's something we have an idea for years. to uh, to get this thing done. Shows uh, you can actually get things done. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Speaking of getting things done, all focus is on LeBron James. There is a whole new spin on his possible destination. We're going to break it down coming up next. LeBron James. Steve Hartman and Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga. Great news. Quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Well, all eyes are on LeBron James. And what he's going to do in this offseason is going to happen quickly, Brady. By the time we're sitting here next week, we're really going to be on the cusp because uh, July 1st is... Uh, when the free agency begins. Um, after the Lakers had their draft, uh, uh, Palenka, their general manager, had an interesting comment, yeah. Rob Palenka. Mm. So he was talking about Mo Wagner, who they took out of Michigan, and he was joking about, yeah, I know I'm a Michigan guy. I like Mo Wagner. I thought he's a, a decent big man prospect, and they took the uh, sure. Svi, whatever his name is, uh, out of uh, Kansas. <laughs> As a shooter, Svi. I mean, well, they took a couple of you know European type <laughs> That's guys. That's funny. You know, sure, um, sure. But he said something that I think you have to listen to. And what he said was, you know, he was impressed a little bit about what's next. And he says, well, look, you know, after you know July first, you know, we might be able to add a few bodies. He wasn't going to obviously you get any tampering or anything like that. You can't do that. Of course, that. yeah. Um, but That's he also funny. said this. He said, uh, but you know, if we don't, you know, we're, we're very happy with the young nucleus we have. And I think mm-hmm. that brought a little like stunned silence. Like, and he said, of almost matter of fact, like, and if we don't, you know, we we're very happy with the young nucleus of players that we have right now. Let me talk about a potential domino mm. effect 
that could be in the works right right now. So the Lakers have had a problem over the last several years attracting big-name free agents. And a lot of people just said it was because of Jim Buss and, you know, and uh, the Mitch Kupchak uh, message had uh, really faltered. And, you know, the Lakers were constantly just trying to sell the idea, hey, it's the Lakers, of course you want to play for us. We're the Lakers, and that was falling on deaf ears. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the one guy that everyone has said is done, he's guaranteed to be a Laker, is Paul George. I can imagine that. But Adrian Wojnarowski, who everyone recognizes as maybe the best inside guy when it comes to information around the NBA, is Mm -hmm. saying that that is far from a done deal. That Paul George wants a max contract. And if Oklahoma City is willing to give him that deal, they can obviously offer him much more than he can make with the Lakers. It's sizably more money. Mm -hmm. And... If he doesn't sign with the Lakers, the one guy that everyone for a year and a half we've been saying Paul George is going to be a Laker, it could have a domino effect, and it could also get back to the idea, all this talk about Kawhi Leonard, all this talk about LeBron and Paul George, they're just using the Lakers as leverage leverage. to get the max deals from their existing situation. And so if this turns out to be the case – where the Lakers get no Paul George, no LeBron James, no Kawhi Leonard, and just continue to try to build around this young nucleus of players. Look at Nick. He's I think Nick just fainted at that news? mere thought. But oh, I'm man. telling you, when this Rob Polinka at this press conference post-draft just sort of threw it out there saying, yeah, we might get a couple of guys in free agency, but hey, you know, we're really happy with the young nucleus of guys. If we don't, we got the young nucleus of guys going. I think the Lakers are already preparing themselves for the fact that Paul George may stay in Oklahoma City, that LeBron James may stay in Cleveland huh. for that max deal. Uh, you know, and, and think also of this. I want to get your thoughts on this whole LeBron James situation because, look, LeBron yeah. James, since he returned to Cleveland, essentially has had 100% control of that franchise, which is why they gave these huge contracts to Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith and all these guys that he wanted. In other words, he's basically been in control of the situation. He may not see eye to eye with Daniel Snyder, but uh, or Dan Gilbert. I'm sorry, Dan Gilbert. But yeah, you're thinking of Redskins. Yeah, I'm thinking of the same type of guy. Um, but uh, yeah. he may not see eye to eye with Dan Gilbert. But at the same time, the control he has over the direction of the Cleveland franchise is not going to be matched in L.A. or anywhere else. So maybe he decides, look. I'm still trying to figure out moving pieces here in Cleveland. Plus, he's still in the Eastern Conference. And as he found out, as big a mess as the Cavaliers were this year, they still made it to the NBA Finals. So, um, I, I'm telling you right now, I, look, I saw the odds. They said it's uh, the, the Lakers are overwhelming favorites for the future home of LeBron James. And maybe it will work out. But if you really mm-hmm. take a step back and think and try to get in the head of LeBron James – what is the most important factor to him? He knows that even legacy. with a broken down Cavaliers team it's this legacy, year, though, he still got to the NBA Finals. Can you do that with what they have in LA? It's legacy, and it's it's beyond that too. It's also setting himself up after basketball, and I, and I've always held that true. 
And you can't, if you're LeBron, you can't just all of a sudden just leave Cleveland without showing some kind of signs that you actually wanted to stay there. And he just can't all of a sudden, oh, got my bags packed, heading out to Los Angeles. Because I, I believe he's had that in the back of his mind for I don't know how many years, you know, because you go back to the time where he bought his house in Brentwood, which is a place here in, yep. in Los Angeles. It was always something I believe that he's eventually was going to do. He just didn't know when exactly it was going to happen based off of his chances and, you know, the falling out with Kyrie, him going to Boston and, you know, and uh, the fact that it's he's maxed out. I mean, he, he knows when he faces the Golden State Warriors, and he did it. He knew it last year. He knew it this year. Uh, even if he could somehow go back in time and put together the same team he had with the Miami Heat, he knows that that team probably couldn't even beat him. You know what I'm saying? So he's still like, it's it, the basketball thing is almost like whatever happens from here on out is icing on the cake. And so it comes down to how do I kind of preserve my legacy? But then at the same time, move on from basketball and begin that transition process. And to me, it's the, the easiest absolute answer is you come to Los Angeles. Because and especially if he could come and not bring in another max contract guy, now he would want to to give him some help. But if he even doesn't, he's going to be playing with house money. And I think he would rather play with house money like he did this last year with Cleveland than he would with those expectations that come with bringing in these max deal guys to where it's like, well, now you got to you got to not only beat the Warriors, so you're now in the same basic, aren't they in the same division, the Pacific division, but then in the same conference. I mean, it's it's again this pressure thing that I don't know if he wants to go through this late in his career. Point is, is either way, I believe he is favored to come to the Lakers. And be part of that organization and start to move on. And that's why you're hearing Gary Payton talk about his son being at Sierra Canyon High School, which is here in Los Angeles, and those kinds of things. This is going to happen. He's coming to Los Angeles. I'm telling you right now. Paul George, those other guys, yeah, they're using L.A. to try to maybe leverage, just like NFL teams did. But LeBron's coming. He's coming to LA. All right, so if he's coming, then you also have to make a decision if you're the Lakers. Well, we'll get, we'll get to this because there is another okay. big decision facing the Lakers if indeed LeBron is officially coming. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Gascon is ready to roll right now. Look at David Gascon. I mean, he, he's got so many things going on back there. You're ready for us, right? I mean, Well, I am, but I was just arguing with, with Nick and, uh, yeah. and Robert about your the Lakers talk because – you know, there's there's mass panic in Southern California. Well, I I'm just what's, I'm what's just, your what's your take there, Gascon? What do you got? What's your I, angle here? I would love for Kawhi to be in Los Angeles, but if I'm the Lakers, I wouldn't consider giving up a. Okay, a no, Cal- no, no. Hang on to that thought because I agree with you. So we're going to give you another option right. on the other side. We'll have a whole different option. That's a professional tease right there. You made Robert stand up, too. Yeah. You made Robert Robert (laughs) On the other side, we'll give you the whole scenario where you don't have to worry about it. All right. Fair enough. Guys, we got uh, some group play continuing right now at the FIFA World Cup. Germany and Sweden are scoreless right now as they head into the 29th minute. Matches on Fox. You can head over over there right now. As far as a couple matches earlier on today. There's a chance coming up. Munier. They hammered Tunisia on Fox. 5-2 was the final score. Mexico took care of South Korea 2-1. Onward to Major League Baseball. A couple games in progress. Minnesota leads the Rangers 2-0. White Sox 1-0 over the A's. It's in the bottom of the first inning. Later in tonight on Fox, 7-15 first pitch. Got a good pitching matchup. Clayton Kershaw back from the DL after three weeks with a bad back versus Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom this season, 5-2 with an ERA at 151. Again, it's on Fox. First pitch is at 7-15 Eastern. 
Steve? Yeah. What do we got? Oh, well, just hang on a second Ooh. here. Just, just hold your horses here. We'll get to everything here. Uh, I do want to remind everyone uh, that we're coming alive from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 50% or more on your car insurance at Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, so we're talking about uh, now that Brady says it's set. Don't, don't even have a second thought about it. LeBron James will be a Laker. All right, that's fine. Okay. So let's get back to the Kawhi Leonard situation. Now, if the Lakers would try to make a trade, and remember the Spurs already slammed down the phone when they try to even open up a conversation Mm. about Kawhi, but we broke it all down. It's not a secret that the Spurs are not interested in Lonzo Ball. They don't want the ball circus coming to San Antonio. (laughs) So they, uh, they would say, look, we want Kuzma, we want Ingram, we'll take the dang contract, which obviously is necessary, to clear the cap space for max deals for LeBron and who else. And uh, and and then the deal will be done. But what does that leave you? So if, if you do that deal and you sign Paul George and LeBron, here's what you got. You would have LeBron, you have Paul George, you would have Kawhi Leonard, you'd have Lonzo Ball, you would have Josh Hart, you have Mo Wagner, and then you got to fill up the rest of the roster. That's what you have. Let me give you an alternative. You ready for this? Mm, go for it. If they can't make a deal to get Kawhi Leonard right now, then they have a little bit of a dilemma. Meaning, if they were to sign LeBron James and Paul George both to max deals, they would not have the room to sign free agent Kawhi Leonard a year from now to a max deal. They just they wouldn't have enough cap space. So, hmm. your alternative is this. Forget Paul George. <laughs> not interested we have lebron james we can Mm -hmm. also tender an offer to retain julius rando rando you still have all the i like that better you have all the remaining roster intact ingram everybody else and then you go out and pursue a deal to get Kawhi leonard now you still may have to get creative you still may not have enough cap space to give him the max deal but remember how did golden state get kevin durant he had to go under market value for two years before, and now he's going to get his max deal. So if Kawhi Leonard would want to be a Laker and, again, play with LeBron James and the nucleus of young talent the Lakers have assembled, now, in two years, you'd have all that young talent and LeBron and Kawhi Leonard. That is a legitimate team moving forward for the Lakers. Wow. How about that? I like that. I like it. And here's the reason why I like it is because in this day and age, guys get paid in the NBA. They get paid far more from their shoe deals, off the court endorsements than maybe ever. And so these salaries, we talk about like Kevin Durant, okay, took a little under market deal there, blah, blah, blah. In reality, they make up for it with their off the field opportunities. And if you are the Lakers, that's what you're selling these guys. You're selling these guys, look, you come here. For sure. Okay, the salary we're going to pay you, maybe, you know, let's say, let, let throw out a number, $10 million less than what you could have made per year if you just maxed out your market value potential. But you have this opportunity. You got these people you rub shoulders with. Look at this. You know, you can go through the whole list of endorsements that you'll be more than capable to make up that 10, probably even supersede it just because now you got Los Angeles tied to you. And that kind of market exposure to now where it's it becomes an appealing deal. And, and Kawhi is the kind of guy, he does not seem, and, and, and hence the reason why he succeeded so much in uh, you know the Spurs, he's not that me guy. He's not a guy that really, I would say, as I look at 
look at it from the outside looking in that really cares? Does it matter that I get a max deal or do, you know, I'm still getting 150 million, 200 million. I mean, whatever, 180 million, 200 million. It's the same thing. I just want to go win. I want to go have fun when I play. And those factors make up for the 10 million I may lose in my salary. And if I'm the Lakers, I'm for surely going to go for that. But see, the Lakers, get, this isn't even an option for them right now because the Spurs don't even want to talk to them. So you can't even waste your breath. If you're the Spurs and you really want to get Kawhi, you got to be creative. You got to go out there and you well, talk and, to a and, team and, and, that has some package that can be appealing to the Spurs that could then, you know, create some circular like three, four team deal to then get Spurs the players they want, send guys here. And, but going directly to the Spurs, they're going to shut you down every time because they know. I mean, Popovich knows, all these guys know how hard it is to A, find guys like Kawhi and B, develop guys like Kawhi. I mean, he's like a one in a generation player. Yeah. And so unless you're going to give them like a, you know, a Kevin Durant caliber player, I mean, these guys just aren't going to listen. Well, so you got to figure something out there. Yeah. The other X factor for the Lakers is that dang contract. Okay. Yeah. So there's two years remaining on Deng's contract. Now, remember what they did to get rid of the Moskov contract. They, they packaged him with D'Angelo Russell. So to get rid of the dang contract right now, I've mentioned keeping your young nucleus of players together. But not if you have to get rid of that dang contract. Then you're going to obviously have to package them with somebody. No one's going to take the dang contract alone. They'll want Ingram. They'll want – you're hoping maybe they want Lonzo Ball. But if they don't, they want Kuzma. They want somebody yeah. of, of you know proven you know quality where they can say, all right, we can justify dumping this contract. But if you only sign LeBron, you have to wait a year on Kawhi Leonard. You don't sign Paul George – you can carry the dang contract one more year. And a year from now, it's going to be much easier to dump the dang contract when there's only one year remaining on it. Much sure. easier. Because then teams are just looking for a salary dump that they can use against the cap. So, you know, that's that's why, again, I get back to Polinka and what he said. And he just he was very, very smooth on how he said, this guy understands the business. He says, yeah, you know, we, you know, we, we, there's a chance, certainly, you know, we could add a couple of free agents. But, you know, if, if not, we're, we're happy with the young nucleus of guys we have. So and to me, if you listen to this, if you add just LeBron to their young guys yes. and you're still able to somehow keep a hold of Julius, like to me, Julius Randle is so key in today's sure. NBA because sure. he is the stretch five center. Yep. I, I would literally take LeBron and as many of those young talented guys, including Julius Randle, over adding Paul George. And it's because I value, I would value what uh, Julius Randle brings to the team more than I would Paul George, mm-hmm. just because of his versatility and because this is the new NBA to where you need a center that can go, you know, that can switch. I mean, and that's the only chance you're going to have against the Golden State Warriors is you got to have a center out there uh, that can switch onto every single one of the shooters and playmakers that the Golden State Warriors are going to throw at you. And if you don't, then you don't have a chance. Well, and that's and so, the whole point. In other words, Julius the Randall's Lakers, right there. you've had five straight losing seasons. And I know Laker fans are getting anxious, especially with the possibility of a complete flip. But Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka, they're understanding the whole dynamic. You know, oh, yeah. are we thinking short-term here? We've already had five losing seasons, okay? So, uh a sixth losing year or a year where maybe we we sort of sneak into the play. Well, that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at down the road. We feel like there's guys that we believe in for the future of this franchise, and we want to keep the, as much of this nucleus together for as long as we can to see how they fully de- develop. I mean, Brandon Ingram was 20 years old. I mean, and yeah. look at the improvement in Ingram's game from his first year to the second. So continue to project it. Julius, I mean, Kyle Kuzma obviously was a major find for this team. You talk about Julius Randle, another guy 
who showed marked improvement over the sure. last year. So th- this is a smart organization, and it's, it's it's fascinating. Even if you're not a Laker fan, just the, the whole dynamic on how they're going to try to pull this off because – if, if at the very least you got Magic Johnson at the top of the board, right? I mean, that how's oh, yeah. Magic going to pull this off? Can he do what Michael Jordan's never been able to do as an executive of the NBA? Can he truly become? Of course he can. Like Jerry West was, you know, and you how Jerry West Jordan, has done it. But Michael, see, Michael Jordan's problem is, is he's so unlikable. Yeah. And he still is competing with everybody. And he, like, Magic is so likable that he could go to a guy and talk to a guy like LeBron. And make LeBron feel like, man, you 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 outdid everything I did. You're unbelievable. You're the greatest player ever. You inspire me. Whereas Michael would go and almost be in competition with him and be like, man, you're almost there. You know, you, too bad you haven't, you know, won six championships in a row like I did. You know, I'd hate to be in your shoes like he told his son. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a whole different dynamic between the two guys. And that's what gives the Lakers a chance right now. Versus all those other years previously when they're trying to recruit the big-name guys that probably were using the Lakers at that time to build leverage for them to have better negotiating power. Uh, the, Magic is the ultimate likable guy. Everybody likes Magic. And it's because he's not afraid to take a back seat. And I guarantee you, with LeBron growing up and idolizing Magic, taking some of his game, there's going to be some chemistry there that's going to be tremendous. And that's why like Magic and, and the whole organization for the Lakers right now, they're like, guys, let's not blow this by like going out and tampering and all this kind of stuff. We don't need to do that. All we need to do is we need to get LeBron and Magic in the same room, on the call, whatever, on the golf course, Get these guys talking, we got a chance. The best chance maybe they've ever had of bringing in a mega superstar. And that's because Magic is so likable. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Moving forward, the Lakers have already made one move that is universally praised. We'll tell you what it is coming up next. Steve Harbin and Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga. Great news. Quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. All right. So, so many different moving pieces right now uh, with LeBron and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and, you know, the future Lakers. Um, but they there's one move they've already made that is being universally praised. Like, this was, this yeah. was genius. And that is passing across the board on Leangelo Ball. Um, so not <laughs> course, only did they not draft Leangelo Ball, even though they did pick up an extra pick in the draft, they immediately, I mean, like immediately, the second the draft was over, informed Leangelo Ball that he would not be part of their summer league team. So they didn't, like, drag it out. They said draft's over, and oh, by the way, Leangelo you will not be on our summer league team because his father, after the draft, was asked, now that your son wasn't drafted, he says, well, summer league, that's out the window. Remember, there's only two teams that even looked at Leangelo Ball. One was the Lakers, the other was Golden State. Uh, and all these other undrafted players, they're already signing up undrafted players. I mean, those guys, you know, yeah. I, I mean, the Lakers signed a guy from North Carolina. They signed a guy from Kansas. I mean, it's over. It's over. So... The Lakers are, are making it clear to LeVar Ball that you're <laughs> you're done. And, yeah, we're not, we're and, not listening to you. You're yeah, in the driver's seat. You don't control it. You're exactly right. You are when, done. 
Yeah, when Lonzo got drafted by the Lakers, LaVar literally thought he had a say in that. Yes. He literally did. Yeah. He thought, oh, I influenced that to happen. Yep. And so that's why he kept yapping. I mean, it's just, I've said it all along. This is a freight train that's headed for a disaster. And and, and it's still sort of, I mean, I, I, I believe Lonzo, as he separates himself from his dad, which he still hasn't done, but at least on the court he has, in the sense that he's, in, in his playing, in his style of play, kind of alludes or you could say kind of is inducive to that in terms of he's he's a facilitator he's unselfish he's always looking for other guys sure he's got to improve his shot and those kinds of things but that's not like what his dad expresses off the court which is all about me I'm promoting myself those kinds of things and so if that stays true Lonzo should be fine the 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 freight train though that looks like it's going to just end up in a complete disaster is LeVar he is looking worse than he's ever looked right now. And he's being put in his place all over, the, you know, everywhere. Everybody's putting in his place. And his 15 minutes of fame are going to evaporate into thin air very quickly. It, even if, you know, Lonzo becomes, you know, the expectation everybody does, which he's going to be a top-tier point guard in the NBA, still, LaVar is going to be pretty much just ousted as an outcast and as somebody that's just out there looking for headlines, trying to leverage anything he possibly can to build his own brand and to carry out his own agenda, which, you know, really quick people are starting to learn that that's fake. Right. And, 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 you know, as far as Leandro Ball's concern, I, I know, did you see that Foot Locker commercial? That was embarrassing. I mean, for him, yeah. I mean, you know what it was unbelievable when LeVar Ball had his interview with Colin. And uh-huh. Colin asked him about, is this just like a money grab? And he was going, no, 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 no way. This is about basketball. This is everything else. And then you you put your son, Leangelo, in a commercial where he's making light of the crime he committed in China. Yeah. All yeah. to make a buck. I, I It was so offensive. It was so embarrassing. And <laughs> I, felt, I felt embarrassed for this Leangelo Ball kid. And he yeah. is a kid that he would be subjected by his father to do something like this. He will pay the price. I don't know what the future is for Leangelo Ball. He's not playing basketball in the U.S. He's going to have to find some leagues overseas. But he's—I doubt a G League team would, or you know, one. Did of the, you see what Master did, P had to they say? They invested him. Master no, I didn't P. Catch that. What he Master P said Leangelo should go back to school. There you go. Go back to school. <laughs> And he blew his eligibility. I mean, How terrible is get that? an education, and yeah. I'm sure you have other things you can do with your life. But this, this uh, trying to perpetuate this fantasy of your father is going to hurt you because no your your dad's going to move on. This is your life. You need to take control of your life. And the reality it's is, hard, no matter how many different ways your father tries to spin your situation, you are even marginal to play Division One basketball, much less in the NBA. No so the quicker Leangelo Ball basically shoves his father aside and said, look, I need to make my own life. He's only 19 years old. Look, get control of your life right now, Leangelo, and then move on. But as far as the Lakers, yeah, that was it as far as LeVar Ball's concerned. And they've also thrown out the warning. If Lonzo Ball does not come back, and put in the work that we asked yeah, him to like do that. in the offseason. Yeah, I like You know, that with lot. all the stats that were, you know, not good for Lonzo last year, I mean, below 50% free throw shooting, obviously his shooting percentage, mid-30s, wow. awful. He missed 30 games. I yep. mean, that's that's not acceptable if you're going to be a, a, a franchise point guard. So the Lakers are going to keep a, a close eye on Lonzo 
And if they don't see big progress in his second season, he'll be gone. No question. Well, Magic Johnson already set that up. Remember, he basically yep. said to the media, oh, man, I'm expecting a huge improvement yep. in this offseason, you know, in terms of size, in terms of getting yourself into shape, in terms of being to where you can play the full 82-game schedule. I mean, that basically setting it up to where if he doesn't do that, that gives him every excuse and right to now get rid of him. So it's he's he's been put on notice, and it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out to see how he now responds. I believe he'll respond positively. Because he seems like that kind of kid to where wherever I mean he's had this pressure on him his whole life, but it seems like he pushes back very productively from that pressure instead of allowing it to break him. So I feel pretty optimistic about it. But at the very least, you know the Lakers have pretty much said to him, you know what, this is your year. You have to you have to break out, become the star we drafted you to become, or you're gone. And I, and the so one we'll I worry most about is this the the youngest. I mean, oh oh boy. I mean because he has <laughs> talent. I mean that kid actually has. The potential to mature into an NBA type talent. Leangelo yeah. never had that, but Mello does. And when you watch a little of the highlights, so called highlights of that TV show, and how this kid, oh. I mean, he might be a good kid, but it's, he's not being portrayed. He's being portrayed as a complete punk, like a 16 year old yeah. punk. And, uh, no and remember, question. he's not even eligible for the NBA draft for two more years. Yeah, but no it's, college experience. Holy, it's sad. To it be really honest with is because they're going to be they're going to be out and have nowhere to go, and their identity as basketball players will die. And we'll see if they do too. Hopefully not. All right, uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, have the San Antonio Spurs totally blown their chance with Kawhi? Ah, uh, rolling on this beautiful Saturday. Hartman and Papinga coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, we're going to have much more on the uh, developing story that is the Kawhi Leonard situation in <laughs> San Antonio. But I saw something that I needed to run by you, Brady. Sure. What do you got? Now, as you know, and I've told you this many, many times, I, I'm mm-hmm. an across-the-board sports guy, maybe more so than yeah. the normal guy. I mean, I, I have uh-huh. an interest in a lot of sports across the board, historically and everything else. But my number sure. one passion, I've told you this a million times, is college football. College yeah. football, to me, is just... And and all the frustrations, you know, the fact that there's never really been a legitimate national champion. You know, sure. I mean, there, there's a lot of things about college football that you can criticize, but to me, it's the pageantry, it's the history, it's it's everything. I love sure. college football. Mm-hmm. But now a, a story has come out where you really have to take a step back and saying, at what point are the so-called student-athletes being taken advantage of? The Big Ten television revenue distribution Mm-hmm. for 2018 was just revealed. Are you ready for this? Ooh, give it to me. Each school. Now, how many? There are 14 schools in the uh, Big Ten now? I think 14. Okay. Each yeah, guess so. school received, 10, received just from Big Ten TV, $51 million per school. Wow. $51.1 million million dollar payout and this is the deals that the big 10 has uh with the success of you know espn fox big 10 network the mm-hmm. whole thing 
and that number will only increase next year. Now, to put that number in perspective, just five years ago was less than half of that. So this Hmm. number has more than doubled in just five years and sees no end in sight. So when you're talking about the kind of television money that is pouring into these schools, get this, the University of Michigan had revenues, the sports department, the athletic department, of almost $200 million for one year. So start projecting that over a few years. It is a bonanza of money. And it I, needs to change. I mean, because you look at the team, like you look at the the uh, the roster, right? Yeah. You got 100 guys on a roster. Right. You should take half of that, and it should go to the 100 guys on your roster. Yes. It really should. And the other half goes to the school, goes to wherever, but – and Half even if you it set it up as postgraduate, and, and we were talking yeah. early about the Alliance of American Football, for every year you play in that league, they were, you know, they've set up a, essentially a scholarship for postgraduate work, whatever exactly. it might be. Again, you don't have to pay the players while they're actually playing, exactly. but since the vast majority will exactly, yeah. I mean, there 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 has to be a reasonable way to handle this insane amount of money. That is being yeah. funneled into these schools. Because think about this. Think about just look at like because every I, I've had this ar- argument with people where they're like, well, they are. They're getting a free education, you know. And let's talk. I mean, let's talk expensive schools. And let's say every Big Ten. Let's use these numbers: fifty million a school. And let's say every Big Ten school pays what you would consider really high and expensive, uh, you know, tuition and board and all that. What would that be at a school like USC overall? Two hundred fifty thousand for the ne- four years uh, at least. That yeah, right? that, that sounds about right in in the ballpark. Okay. So, so basically what you're breaking it down to is is that university is giving away to that student athlete, the football player, about $60,000, $65,000 a year in a between quotation salary because they don't have to pay for school. Well, let's think about that a sec. Is that any money out of the pocket of these universities? They actually have to go dig in some fund to pay these guys? No. They just have to make room for them in their classes, right, Steve? Am I wrong there? No, mm-hmm. they just have to make room for their classes. Right. Not sure they give them a stipend every month to where they're going to go and give them food and get their their rent and those things. Those living in the dorms, not the case. And again, but that's minuscule. That's maybe what twelve hundred, fifteen hundred a month. And you're going to tell me that if they, and, and and we're just talking TV money. So we're not talking gate money. You know, we're not talking sponsorship money. We're not even talking money that you know outside businesses basically pump into their university because of a pride and alumni factor. We're just talking TV monies. And all of a sudden, you break that down, and per player, you're looking at maybe. 20 grand mm-hmm. per player yeah. a year. Yeah. Are you, and you go, okay, 20 grand times a hundred. You know what that is? That's $2 million. Right. Are you kidding me? So of the 50 million, of the 50 million, you're going to pay your players $2 million and that's fair compensation. Well, and I, when I say 50 million, but that's only a portion. <laughs> Again, Michigan athletic department that's revenue is 188 million for a year. Exactly. So you're I right. Use, We're I, talking I about the 50 a, million just because it's exactly. you know, one of those things. Sure. I mean, this is absolutely exploitation more than we've ever seen in the history of the United States since, and I hate to bring it to this level, but I mean, it is. It's, you know, since you actually bring in, you know, it's, it's the harsh word slavery, but you bring in people you don't want to pay them. 
you know, based off of whatever circumstances. I mean, this is as bad as we've ever seen. Nobody well, wants to talk about it because somebody coined the phrase student athlete, and then all the athletes, or this is the problem, when they coin the phrase student athletes, what happens is you get the other students, and they raise their hand and say, well, what about me? I'm out there working two jobs. I work at the local uh, convenience store. I work at night shift at the laundromat. Well, I should deserve entitled to something. Well, it's like, no, 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 no. You're getting your market value for where you're at right now. You're going out. You're actually, you have a more advantage than the players do because you're actually able to go out in the free market system and say, here's what I have to offer. What are you willing to pay me? They don't even have that. And you can't compare the two either because you're not involved in bringing in that $50 million. The player is. And so it, this is the the biggest exploitation scam and scheme that we've ever seen in a long time in our history. Nobody wants to talk about it. Well, it's, it's an absolute tragedy beyond belief. That and also these kids have to go through this. Right. And then you've got the incentive for programs to win. Let me give an example. Nebraska. Mm-hmm. All right. There was a time, obviously, when Nebraska was on that very short list of superpowers yeah. in college oh, yeah. football the and where for the many, elite. many years. But in 2011, they jumped from the Big 12 to the Big 10. And there's seven seasons in the Big 10. Their highest final AP ranking is 24th. And, okay. and they have not been ranked in the final AP poll the last five years in a row. But mm-hmm. financially, it has been a windfall for Nebraska. Oh, yeah. That university money is pouring in. Now, they were lucky enough, maybe, to get, you know, one of their own, Scott Frost, to, you know, jump to Nebraska because, you know, he has an allegiance to the university. And if he sure. does anything near what he just did at his last school, <laughs> obviously, maybe he can get Nebraska back in the conversation. But the incentive for that university to do whatever it takes, you know, to to get their program back to that elite level is not there like it was before because of this incredible amount of guaranteed revenue it's like participation money. Yeah. We get critical of you know giving out the participation trophies. This is essentially what it is. Rutgers. Rutgers is in the Big Ten. $51 million in their pocket. They're not relevant, obviously, when it no. comes to Big Ten football, and they still reap the benefits of that Big Ten. Now you wonder why everyone's scrambling right now to get into these major conferences when you look at all Mine's that guaranteed phenomenal. revenue. It's, it's, it's yeah. unreal. It is unreal. You know, and you talk about Nebraska, though, they're, they're always going to be incentivized just based off of their alumni pride, the years that they had success in, because they look at that like this is something we should be able to replicate quite frequently. And the fact that they haven't been able to is very disappointing for their, yeah. their organization, for the program, for the alumni. And so independent of the money, and that's the thing that's cool about Nebraska, they're not about the money. You know, when you look at, I shouldn't say like the the presidents, and I'm not talking to the executives. I'm talking purely the pure football people there. Right. They're about bringing Nebraska football back to its prominence, which is phenomenal. And by the way, if you ever play in Lincoln, they're some of the most respectful fans you ever find I, you know in what? the country. You know, you I mean, mentioned that. Oh, I'll never forget this. And this is back in their heyday. Uh, yeah. In the University of Washington. Pulled a big upset in Lincoln. I think it was the first. I mean, this is years ago. You know, Don yeah. James was there, and I heard, and maybe I was Lincoln Kennedy there. Our buddy Lincoln Kennedy, he might attest to this. He could that, have been that He's somehow the, the the Nebraska fans acknowledged the Washington team yeah. for what they oh, had yeah. pulled off. Now they don't always, believe me, color some of their in conference. Uh, you know, Colorado will tell you some nightmare stories sure. back in the day when they had some rough times there in Lincoln. But no, I mean, it just, again, they're not losing from that aspect. Yes, they're losing no. their, they're, you know, they're not in the conversation right now uh, is one of the elite powers. I mean, again, they, they haven't been a top 10 team 
since they oh, lost that does. BCS championship game to uh, Miami back in 01. That's the last yeah. year that Nebraska ended up ranked in the top 10. That's a long and, time ago. And, and back to your point about the fans, when Ricky Williams went in there the year he won Heisman, he yeah. rushed for I don't know how many yards. Yeah. When he trotted off the field at the end of the game, and I don't remember if Texas won the game or not, they actually gave him a standing ovation. Wow. They gave an opposing player a standing ovation. I mean, that doesn't happen anywhere else. No. But, uh, no, the money is unbelievable. And, and the, the fact that the players are compensated with a scholarship that, A, is not out of the pockets of the university, and, B, it's, you know, additionally, they're going to give you some, uh, you know, basically sweats and shorts and shoes. Literally, that's all you get. Is It's a crime. I mean, this needs to stop. I don't know. How, I don't know what's going to have to happen. What, I mean, would to you me, be just, open to the idea? You know, we. I, I tell you what. I want to I mean, follow just, this up on. All right. All right. Here yeah. we're in the Geico okay. Fox Sports Radio Studios. All right. So when we talk about these powerful major leagues, baseball obviously uh-huh. has had a minor league system for many, 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 many years. Uh-huh. Is it necessary? Is it possible for the NBA and the National Football League? to create minor league systems that work for the players and work for the leagues. We're going to tell you coming up next. Aggressive's new Home Quote Explorer was built to save you time and money by allowing you to compare multiple quote options all online. So head to Progressive.com today and see if you can save. Steve Hartman and Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga. Hey, we got great news. Quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. All right, we were talking a little bit about the uh, insane amount of revenue being generated by these major college football conferences. And I want to talk about both the NBA and the NFL because they have used the college games as their minor league system. This is what they have been doing forever. Uh, Baseball developed their own minor league system decades ago, uh, and -hmm. that has worked for them. And, but I think we're, we're at the crossroads right now. And then before I even want to hear, I just want to lay out where we are right now, as far as okay. Okay. L- let's start with the NBA. So the, it, it is clear that Adam Silver recognizes that the current draft system is not working and he won't yep. say that outright, but he's already sent out memos to all the leagues that there's going to be a major overall in the overhaul in the draft come 2021, which is interesting, of course, since the collective bargaining agreement actually doesn't expire till 2024. So, mm. um, but but already think about this: the G League, 27 sure. of the 30 NBA teams now have a G League team, so it's almost universal. Yep. So my question moving forward, as a fan of the college game and the pro games is, give me a system for both the NBA and the NFL that works for them without completely discombobulating the college games. I think the NBA, with the movement toward getting rid of the one and done, have established an idea, and I want to then carry it over to the NFL, where they're going to do away with the one and done rule. But if you go to college, you're going to have a two-year commitment. And it's not just about, you know, they're thinking about what's best for us. In other words, if we get that sure. kid out of high school that's obviously not ready for the NBA, but he doesn't want to play in college, we can throw him in the G League. And mm-hmm. we'll see. If he's got the talent, great. If he doesn't, you know, he's going to have to find a new line of work. But 
as far as the college game is concerned, instead of trying to evaluate these guys on one year in college, we'll have a better read on these guys if they get at least two years. And by the way, look at look at what the uh, Lakers are doing with their drafts. You took Kuzma, three-year guy. Josh Hart, they're taking guys. Same thing this year. They took the kid out of Kansas, been there four years, two-year starter. Mo Wagner, mm. been in Michigan. So they're taking guys that they've seen a couple of years of college. All right, so let me move to the NFL and whether they can create a system. And obviously, I want to get your opinion on this. Similar, where the current NFL rules require that you have to be three years removed from high school before you're eligible for the NFL draft. Uh And what I'm trying to figure out is using this Alliance of American Football, I think I'm so intrigued by this AAF. You know, it's it's sort of flying a little bit under the radar, but think of, we talked about all the different things that this league can create, you know, an evaluation tool of talent for the NFL, obviously a a place to sort of experiment rules and everything else, see if they actually work. But if you're the NFL, you want, you want control of everything. And so if you could take the AAF, and if it can mm-hmm. survive the first couple of years, and then you see the potential for an expansion of the league as a viable minor league to yeah. evaluate talent, again, as an alternative for kids that maybe not cut out for the college game, you know, for off the field. I mean, is that is that possible? I mean, could you yeah. create a viable is, is- minor league system yeah. for the National Football League? So what you're basically saying is, is can you as a player, like let's say out of high school, right? Like make it, you're basically making it like a, a somewhat like the NBA or major league in football, to right. where you could have a team get a guy's rights. If you know, hey, you know, I'm drafted for the future, so we're gonna put him in this minor league, which now is a AAF, right? And we're gonna have him develop. We're gonna retain his rights. We're gonna pay him. You know, we'll pay him a salary that's you know our bonus slotted out to where he's drafted. But then right. at the same time. If he's down at the AAF and not on the roster, he'll be making that salary and just do his bonus. He won't be making, you know, what he would have in the contract deal if he's on our roster. And we'll give him time to develop and we'll give him time to, you know, to do whatever he's got to do based off of the fact that now he's in our he's basically in our system. I, I think there's no question that is a viable opportunity for these guys because now it opens up the door to where as a football guy, you know what, if you're not gonna pay me in college. I'm going to go get paid somewhere yes. else that I can now. And and there's no question that should be at least available because that, that I, 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 if, cause you, you know, we were sort of asking that question of like, what's the next kind of, what's the next way to get these guys compensated? I, I believe that's the most viable way. The NCAA is so set in their ways. There's too much money and the players aren't in a situation to where they could come together like a union and figure out a way to leverage themselves to where they could renegotiate the terms. And so what do you do? You got to leave the system. And the other, the next best alternative is to become a pro and legitimately just say, fine, we'll play your game. If we're not going to, if we're amateurs or whatever, and that this, this situation we can't make anything from, we're going to go to a situation we can, that may change things. Cause if all of a sudden you're starting to sap out a lot of these guys that are your impactful kind of college football players, and maybe the product takes a step back or is not as appealing, right? You know, NCAA may say, oh, we better start to step up a little bit here. And the same thing may happen with the NBA uh, as guys are basically given that opportunity that not even to have to go to college, which it sounds like that's going to happen. And we've already had that kind of stretch take place. It didn't seem like it hurt the game very much. But the point is, is that, you know, I, I, at the very least, I think there is a tremendous opportunity for NFL teams to have the AAF be a farm system and the same system you see in baseball 
and a major league or in, in NBA, excuse me, could be somewhat implemented with the NFL to where you can get guys going straight from high school to a professional setting and then be brought through the G League if they're not ready for the NFL ranks. Right. That'd and, be awesome. And, and again, to great. me, as far as the college game is concerned, you know, if you say, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to rob the game of talent. Well, the, the college basketball game's been robbed of talent for years, and the yeah, NCAA tournament has never been healthier. And if you're thinking about robbed of talent, uh, need I remind you that the reigning Heisman Trophy winner was a two-time walk-on? I mean, no, no one was tripping <laughs> over themselves been, to get yeah, Baker Mayfield, exactly. you know, coming out of high school. So, you know, sometimes develop, you know, talent develops based on systems and everything else. The other thing about it is from the NFL standpoint and getting back to the whole Baker Mayfield dynamic in Cleveland, right? So he's yeah. struggling right now. He's trying to learn a completely different system with the Cleveland Browns sure. that he ran in college. But if you if you start funneling these guys into a minor league system that you have control over, guess what you're going to do? You're going to teach these guys the system that you yep. choose at the minor league level, which gives you a much better way of evaluating their talent, whether or not they can handle the system that you want to have them play at the next level. Because this has been the problem coming out of college. I mean, when we talk about colleges, man, I mean, it is, there's so many colleges, there's so many different systems, there's, and then you got division two, II, division three. I mean, we, you're, and then what happens, right? Then all of a sudden you go to the combine and they're suddenly evaluating guys, not on their football, but, you know, how fast they run the 40, you know, yeah. their agility drills. And that's the reason they do that. Like, that's a common denominator. But that ultimately does not tell you whether or not they no. can actually play the game at this level. So, well, no, the, you hit the nail on the head, too. In the NFL, the scouting world is so short sighted. Uh, it's all about what can you do for me in two to three years? What right. can you do? Come on, come in and do something now, or else we got to move on to the next guy. If you can take a step back, Major League Baseball does this, NBA does this, and, and you put a guy in your system. Your view goes from a short-term view to the long view. Yeah. And now you have the flexibility to invest in a guy for years to see if he's fully going to realize his potential. And like you said, you can put him in a position to where if, you know, you feel like, hey, this guy needs to learn to do X skill, play under center. If, you know, playing under center is huge for you, which I, I believe, you know, that's a whole other philosophical conversation. But if, if that's huge for you, that's something that you could teach this particular player for years to eventually get comfortable with. When he does get comfortable with, you call him up. And now you bring him into the situation where it's a little bit more short term where you say, okay, you've learned it now at the, you know, in the developmental ranks. Now let's see what you do here when you're in a, in a live game or your backup or whatever. And so it takes the view and it makes it one to where you're more, you know, you're, you're basically looking at the progress and more of the progression on a larger scale of a few more years than just one or two years to see what the guy can immediately do for you, which helps everybody. It helps the, the scouting department not feel so stressed like they have to hit a home run on every single guy. And then it also allows these guys to develop at a rate that they're comfortable because everybody's different. You know, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers, if he would have been thrown to the wolves, would have been mentally mature enough to handle this situation to become the player he is today. You know, may, and nobody knows. He doesn't even know, you know, because of the situation that he was in and, and that was it. You don't, you know, you wouldn't have sent him another. We're just guessing. But who's to say he would have been successful if he'd have been the number one overall pick and put in Alex Smith's situation where you got coordinator and system after system coming in every year for your first five or six years. You even get benched one year for JTL Sullivan just because you didn't fit the system. Who, who People don't even know who JTL Sullivan is. I do. He's a backup quarterback third stringer with the Packers. My rookie yep. got cut. Ended up being the starter for the uh, San Francisco 49 because he was with Mike Martz in Detroit and he knew Mike Martz's system. 
I mean, I don't know if Aaron would have been able to handle all that. Some guys can't. Some guys can't handle all that drama and that turmoil. And so the, the that kind of system you bring up where it's the long haul makes it to where you give everybody the best chance to be successful and all the assets that you bring in the best chance to fully realize their potential. Well, so and, and I'm, I'm for you. I think this is great. Well, and I do too. And I, and I also, turns. when people scream, well, what, what about that kid that makes the wrong decision? I got news for you. That's life. <laughs> I mean, exactly. there, there are no guarantees in life. There's no guaranteed exactly path right. for anybody. Everyone is based no. with decisions. Some are right. Some are wrong. So I can't even think along those lines. All right. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Much more on the Spurs dynamic with Kawhi Leonard. Are they going in the right direction or the wrong direction? I know we're making the right move by bringing in David Gascon right now because he is all over. Speaking of not having sports scene, what is happening in World Cup right now? It's been it's pretty good right now. Do you have any money on this by any chance, Steve? (laughs) Well, I know one thing: if Germany, I mean, if they lose today, they're They're out. They're out. And even, wow. if, even if they draw today, they're in some serious trouble. So let's get you fellas okay. to the match right now. Lipstick got across it, takes a touch. Germany's goal. Tie game. Marco Royce. The World Cup title effect still alive. And a long ways to go tonight here in Sochi. Fellas, they are breathing. They are okay. And they're standing upright right now as we head into the 73rd minute of play. Sweden and Germany locked up at 1-1. Again, keep in mind, if they lose today, the Germans, they are out. And they're the defending champs right now, so Sweden wow. would have six points. Germany wins today. They'll need some help with goal differentials in their final match as they'll get South Korea, but still a lot to chew on as the days uh, move along. Earlier on today, Belgium and Tunisia. There's a chance coming up. Munier. And they carved up Tunisia, did Belgium 5-2 on Fox. And then Mexico got by South Korea 2-1. In Major League Baseball, Rangers are hammering the Twins right now to the tune of 8-2. This game's in the bottom of the third inning from Minnesota. White Sox 5, Athletics 2. Later on today, Dodgers will get Clayton Kershaw back from a DL stint for three weeks. He's on the bump against Jacob deGrom and the New York Mets, who have lost four straight. First pitch at 7-15. It will be on Fox and Steve, one note that I think you'll appreciate from back in 2010, 2011, LA Kings picked up a free agent today by the name of Ilya Kovalchuk. Wow. Three-year deal in Los Angeles worth just about $6.25 million. Has not played in the NHL since 2013. The last wow. time he did, he lost to the LA Kings in the Stanley Cup final back in 2012. Wow. I mean, that's a blast from the past. He's 35 years old. Would you spend that kind of loot on a guy like that? I don't know. The Kings now had to get back on track. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, once you've actually won Stanley Cups, like the Kings have won two, yeah. and all of a sudden you're an also ram which they've become, uh, you better do something to get them back. So, that's true. Uh, all right. Well, they're uh, swinging for the fences on a veteran. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Thank you, David. Hey, we're coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save. 15% or more on car insurance at Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, of course, as David said, uh, Germany right now 1-1 with Sweden. I mean, can you imagine if the two teams that faced off in the World Cup final four years ago both were eliminated in the group stage and did not make it to the round of 16, Germany and Argentina? It's possible. It is yeah, possible. it's always possible, man. Every wow. year, every four years, it's a different animal. You, every week is a different animal. I mean, teams evolve, teams improve, teams fall, teams dismantle. You get new players in, you get new chemistry. 
And that's what makes sports fun. You just can't predict what's going to happen from one week to the next. That's why with this whole gambling thing, it's like a real fun element to throw in to the sports world because nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So, And that's what's happening right now in the World Cup. Nobody would have imagined this based off of how things shook out the last time all these teams, national teams, met up in the World Cup. All right. I want to get to this Kawhi Leonard situation. And you've been very passionate about uh, uh, just the fact that uh, the Spurs have not handled this properly, and they're going to have to make changes if they want to – uh, keep Kawhi Leonard. Now, again, th- there's a there's a lot of X factors in this Kawhi Leonard situation. Obviously, it's different than LeBron James because there's no deadline here. He's under contract yeah. for another year. So the Spurs could sit on this for a while and then just sort of weigh all their options. However, when we keep talking about Kawhi Leonard, let, let's, let's just start with what are his options, okay? Okay. One of the options that's a really good option is is the fact that he can immediately sign a five-year, $219 million Supermax contract with San Antonio. He can sign that this summer. That's five years, $219 million, 100% guaranteed. Now, that's a pretty good offer. I mean, I don't know a lot of people that can have a contract like that, you know, handed to them and say, nope. Nope, I, 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 <laughs> That's true. I, I mean, that, I mean, it, it's one thing to just sort of talk about it, but when that contract is actually sitting in front of you, five years, 219 million guaranteed. I mean, just, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, you I, can talk I, about you principles, you can, that, yeah, but you can understand he's making already a lot of money as it is. Not only just from his basketball salaries that we're talking about, but in his endorsements with the shoe company. I mean, he's making far more than he would make with his basketball stuff. So he knows the money's going to be there, and he knows also like, okay, I'm talking 200 some million now. I'm talking 180 million if I, you know, somehow traded. And you know, so it's like all the same. You know, there's really not a big difference. He knows he's going to make his cash. This comes down to pure enjoyment factor. I'm telling you right now, it's going to come down to is he in a situation where he's having the most fun? Right now, he's not. He's not having a good time. And there is tons of options. You don't, I mean, un- obviously you're under contract with the team, but it doesn't mean that you don't have a way to, let's just say, manipulate the situation. All right. Well, let me let me give you a new entry. Guess, you know, we've been talking about the Lakers. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are brought up Boston and Philadelphia, teams that have a lot of young talent that maybe uh, the Spurs would be interested in. But it's just been mm-hmm. reported in the last, oh, I don't know, half an hour uh, that, well, first of all, our own Chris Boussard has been reported that, uh, as we talked about earlier, the Lakers may come up empty-handed. Yeah. But the team that may be making a run for Kawhi Leonard, are you ready, folks? Those the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> so in an effort to keep LeBron in Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers reportedly are in conversation. Because I think, again, the Spurs are looking at it this way. If we're going to deal Kawhi Leonard, it's not going to be to a Western Conference team. Not going to happen. We're not going to sit there and have to play multiple games against Kawhi Leonard. Forget the Lakers, forget the Clippers, forget anybody else in the West. 
Now but you also got to think too, Steve. Though this could be a move to they know that LeBron's leaving. Remember that too. Well, LeBron's it, a free it, agent. It's not like all of a sudden you know you got to you got to figure out. Okay. All right. Well, it, it could be yeah, both ways. It could be. It could be. It, it, could, be, be, it could go either way. It could it really be could. either way. Uh, yeah, like you said, it could be coverage for LeBron leaving. Now you remember, in order because Cleveland is maxed out. I mean, they got mm. seven yeah. guys not named LeBron James that are under contract for the next two years. Guaranteed. Mm, too. I mean, yeah. they're basically their whole roster is set. All right, Robert, uh, our producer, ready to jump in with a further update on this story. What do you yes, got, Yes, sir. Actually, it goes back to even before the draft. Zach Lowe from ESPN, who's as plugged in as anybody in the basketball world, reported that the Cavs offered the number eight pick, which became Colin Sexton and Kevin Love for Kawhi Leonard, and the Spurs said no thank you. Okay, so they said no to that. All right. Okay. Wow. I don't know. I, I mean, had I, to have been to move to, to to appeal to LeBron. There's no question about that. How about new? But still, I mean, yeah, because even if you got even if you got Kawhi there, you know, I mean. All right. Well, let me let me give you LeBron, some names here. Let, let, let's East. try to make a deal right now. If you're the Spurs okay. with Cleveland, all right. Here are the guys that Cleveland has under contract for the next two. There's six names out there, legitimate names that they have contracts over the next two years. Now. They got Corver, Clarkson, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, George Hill. And then Kevin Love has one year plus a player option the year after that. So is there any combination of those players that San Antonio would want to add to their current roster as compensation for uh, a Kawhi Leonard who... At least, they, look, they're not going to make a deal unless they're 100% convinced he is 100% gone after this upcoming season. Is there any combination of Corver, Clarkson, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, George Hill, and Kevin Love that you'd be interested in? None of them. None of them. Uh, that's, yeah, it's all a wash. There's no way I'd look into that. And so you're you're really kind of stuck, you know, if you're right. – <laughs> If that's what your package, the only guy that's really got any like uh, appeal is Kevin Love. You know, he's the only guy that has any real market value in a trade like that. And but to me, like you've heard already what uh, Popovich said about, and this is what I find interesting. Popovich already basically said what he would give up for his star players. I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge is nowhere near in the same universe as Kawhi Leonard, and he told Lamarcus Aldridge, which became very public, dude, I'm not trading you unless somebody sends me Kevin Durant. Okay, if that's what he values right. for the Marcus Aldridge, imagine what he's going to value for Kawhi Leonard. Well, and there's also he, the he X probably factor. Said to them, I mean, he probably said to them, okay, you send us LeBron, okay, which, you know, LeBron's not going to do that because he's a free agent, but, like, somebody of that caliber, okay, now we're talking trade. We'll trade that one-to-one, but we're not going to be talking about draft pick and Kevin Love well, or draft pick and somebody else because that's that's still not. Cause well, they, they but there's also Leonard the X the factor. universe as those top guys. Yeah, well, what makes this whole Cleveland thing fantasy land also is – if you're making the deal, he has to sign in Cleveland long-term. Yep. I mean, that's the whole thing yep. that it's going against Boston oh, or Philadelphia man. or anyone <laughs> not say with LA in their prefix is, I mean, if, if, I mean, I guess the Cavs would say, well, we make the deal and LeBron stays. And if LeBron stays, Kawhi's going to want to play with LeBron long-term. Really? In <laughs> Cleveland for five yeah, years? I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, know. exactly. So, it's just amazing. That's why how my different. prediction is this with Kawhi is he stays in San Antonio. I believe Popovich is a reasonable person. Can they sign He's him to a so Supermax? Because he doesn't sign that Supermax deal this summer, then he is basically telling him, fine, I'll play one year in San know. Antonio and then I walk. 
I'm done. I don't know, because it's but it still gives San Antonio time to still work things out. You right. know, this is it's not all, always done deal. It's it's never done until it's done, and the deadline's still going to be there for him to leave and off to go somewhere else. But to me, I I do believe when Pop flew out to see him was already an expression of look, man, I we got to find a way to make this work. What do you want? Like what what's like the big hang up with you? And for that reason, because that conversation is viable and it's alive, I should say right now, mm-hmm. I do believe that Pop is going to want to do it. He's going to want to find a way to make it work. He knows, like, and Pop also knows, like, he's tied to Kawhi. He's he's had a big influence on making Kawhi one of the best players all around wise that the NBA has seen in a long time. So he's, you know, it's. It's interesting. It's all fun to talk about, but at the end of the day, I do believe he'll end up staying in San Antonio. All right. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It really comes down to one guy. One guy. And it's not who you think it is that will determine the fate of the offseason in the NBA. Who is that guy? Mm. We're going to tell you coming up next. Steve Hartman and Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga. Hey, what's it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. want to thank our indispensable supporting cast. <laughs> Starting with Nick. You know, Nick, Hello. remember that week when you had the tearful goodbye? It was one of the... Yeah. It was one of <laughs> Why? the... It was one of the most... You remember that, Brady, right? Nick was oh, yeah. had it been was uh, told touching. that he was going to be off the show. And he was banished. And, you know, we were like... And Nick, you know, look, we love Nick. And he's he's one of those guys. He's a big sports guy. He loves what we do on the show. And it was a pretty emotional day. We love him. <laughs> he loves us. And, you know, we're like, hey, you know, keep in touch. He was gone for a week. And then the next week he was back. No, I got a call on that Monday morning. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And we're glad you're here permanently right That's there. Funny. Nick, thank you very uh, much. Yeah, maybe. Um, stay tuned for more Laker news. All right. David Gascon. I feel like Gascon has got a future in the Alliance of American Football. I just, I don't know. Something tells me. You know, and yeah. there's many. Uh, can, can you help out with that? I'm going to, you know, I mean, again, this is a league that's Look, looking for uh, a new kids, face. How, new many kids, Hummers, how many kids do you have, Steve? <laughs> I have three children. All right, make it four. All right, I have three children. <laughs> not three, yeah. not four. Okay, very good. I'll, I promise <laughs> for Father's Day I will buy you a new polo shirt, too. I will, I will promise you this. You can count on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I do pass down shirts. If I've worn them four million times, then I can pass one down. I know you would. I know you're dying to get this Pac-12 shirt. Would I, I mean, fit I, into that thing? What is that like? Medium? No, it's a large. Well, uh, you might, my shoulders. Remember, the rest of me is not very big. The shoulders. He's got the broad shoulders, man. Yeah, he I have does. Broad shoulders. Oh, someone just hit the pipe. Oh! Germany just hit the pipe. Uh, we're at 91st minute right now, and is still tied Germany and Sweden. Uh, and of course, Robert, our brilliant producer, who uh, he understands us. You know that you know, when you when you talk about the dynamic of producer versus the so-called talent, uh, got to be on the same page. And we are every single Saturday on this show. All right, uh, I mentioned- Steve. You know when I leave, I'm not coming back the next week like uh, Nick did. <laughs> yeah, when you're gone, you're going to be I'm gone. Be gone. Well, you but you're you, we here. do we do farm you out at times. This is true. You know, you're you're not here every week. So every once in a while, they have to. Uh, Take our talent and move it elsewhere. Um, all right. So, again, we're watching 92nd minute. Clock's running right now. Uh, do we have any idea of extra time in this uh, match right here? I mean, I, if, right now, if you're – oh, wait. They're on the attack. Oh, wow. All right. So, keep an eye on that Germany-Sweden game. All right. Here's, here's what's happening right now 
They could literally change the whole dynamic of this offseason, the NBA. And it's not about LeBron James. There are more and more reports, Brady, that Paul Mm -hmm. George is really teetering. Um, There are several reports right now, uh, including Stephen A. Smith, who has said that Paul George is going back and forth in what he wants to do. Uh, And whether he wants to stay in Oklahoma City? Well, and I'll tell you, there's two reasons why, okay? Okay. One of them is apparently, although you would question it from what you saw in the court at times, he has (laughs) forged a friendship uh, with Russell Westbrook. Okay, okay, so so That's he fair. seems that he's – but here's something that I think Paul George is also understanding. Now, obviously, the money's a big part of it. Gets the max deal from Oklahoma City. That's all great. Sure. But I don't know if Paul George is 100% comfortable with the idea of being the guy – in L.A., mm. especially if LeBron does not come. Yeah. In other words, if Paul George suddenly becomes the face of the L.A. Lakers with all those young guys around him still untested largely, he may not be comfortable with that. I think he's more yeah, comfortable as being yeah. a two. In other words, a value two, yeah, which he is that. in Oklahoma City, where obviously you know Russell Westbrook is the one. So, and again, you still get the max money, and I don't have to be the guy, might be a little more appealing to Paul George. And if Paul George doesn't come to L.A., and this is why a lot of people are saying right now, including our own Chris Broussard, Lakers may get shut out. And I, I'm telling this, I, Rob Polenka said it after the draft. They were just sitting yeah, there yeah. saying, hey, what's next? And he says, hey, look, July 1st, we might add a couple of guys. But if we don't, you know, we we're not. very happy with the young nucleus we have. And everyone's like, what do you mean, what if you don't? People are making a lot of assumptions right now, and we're not there. Now, as we sit here next week, you know, we're going to th- obviously have a, a little better idea because we're going to be yeah, literally on the eve of, you know, the big yeah, day. I mean, to. that's going to be next Saturday, yeah. you know, the eve of. So, uh, but right now, things very much up in the air. What happened? Just uh, Germany just scored. Germany no, just Scored. Ten I mean, seconds on the left. Are you kidding me? Wow. Ten seconds left. Wow. They're in extra time right now. Germany has just scored. They were trailing Sweden one nothing. Now they've taken the two one lead, which means Germany is alive and well, alive and well. If indeed they hang on. Wow. So Germany wow. scores. Germany scores. Well, I mean that's the sign of a champion, right? Isn't that what it's all they about? Never, yeah, you never, yeah, you never fold. You always stay at it. And they were on look the, at the, that. The, oh, the that was like that was like a place it's a banana, kick, dude. Boom! Oh yeah, right there. Bang! That's what's exciting about wow. soccer, man. Is you get those you know little shots of ex, you know those heck of plays, those goals. That's why you watch it. One thing about watching World Cup, you're just reminded when you see the elite in any sport, it's like a whole. It's always fun. Different game unbelievable at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 